Hi, I'm Rob, and this is another episode of Rewind and Review. As always, I'm joined by the guy who occasionally likes to wear red and blue tights. It's Jason. It's Yes, it's true. Uh, I can't deny it. And you look fantastic doing it. You know it. Yeah. Now, welcome to Rewind and Review, the retrospective podcast where we have a look at an existing property from the past, delve into its legacy, discuss how it's held up over time, and even give our own personal experiences. Did we watch it as a kid or a little bit later in our lives? This episode of Rewind and Review will look at the superhero film based on one of Marvel Comics' biggest characters, Mm -hmm. uh, which comes of age this year in 2022 as it celebrates its 18th birthday. Mm -hmm. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. The big one. We can start voting. Legally drink in this country. Where we live, yeah. Which is good. Um, from this film and its trilogy, followed by a second series of two films, to various appearances and uh, a number of films set within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and now officially connected to the MCU. Mm. Yes, we can uh, start saying that now. Um, we can't help but continue to talk about this character. Yeah. We were going to tie this episode in with the release of Morbius, but frankly... <laughs> That movie was terrible. So, we there's no excuse, no reason. We just need to cover this at some point. Let's just do it now. Yeah. I mean, you could say tie it in with a possible DVD release of No Way Home, potentially. Maybe, maybe. It's going it to just come that, out. That's a so, good one. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. That's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, everybody. Let's shine your shoes, press your pants, do your homework. Don't be an empty seat. And don't forget to pay your rent as we rewind to the year 2004. Swinging 60s, here I come, baby, yeah! Go back to then. When? Now. 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 Ooh, ah, that's how it starts. There's definitely a very slim chance we'll survive. with only two years since the release of the movie that would change comic book movies forever, we were privileged with the release of the follow-up film, Spider-Man 2. Great title. I reckon I think they nailed it. Simple. (laughs) Simple to the point. (laughs) Um, Directed once again by Sam Raimi, Spider-Man 2 is the second instalment in the Spider-Man trilogy, if you couldn't work that out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's just genius, you know? When a failed nuclear fusion experiment results in an explosion that kills his wife, Dr. Otto Octavius, played by Alfred Molina, is transformed into Dr. Octopus, or Doc Ock, um, a cyborg with deadly metal tentacles. Meanwhile, Spider-Man's alter ego, Peter Parker, once again played by Tobey Maguire, faces fading powers and self-doubt. Complicating matters are his best friend Harry Osborn, so that's uh, once again James Franco, his hatred for Spider-Man, and his true love Mary Jane Watson, uh, Kirsten Dunst, mm-hmm. um, her sudden engagement to another man. Yeah. Oh, just so complicated. <laughs> um, so yeah, be warned, if you haven't uh, actually seen Spider-Man 2, for whatever reason, um, but you do want to, so go watch it first before listening to this episode, because we're going to be talking spoilers. Probably not just for this movie, but for many others as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jason, talk to me about your personal experience. Apparently, you've seen this movie. Apparently, you're familiar with the property. I, yeah, that is that is true. Look, we've um again lost all spend too much time on it. No, tell me, me, tell me how you feel about uh, it. Spider Man is life. Uh, it's my jam. He's my jam. 
all over my face. I don't even know where I'm going with this. <laughs> of course, yeah, you know me and Spider-Man, we talked about it, uh, especially when we did our our 2002 Spider-Man film, yeah. um, sort of rewind. Um, you know, very deep emotional level connection stuff, mm-hmm. uh, almost too deep, almost... Um, Unbearable. It's crazy. Well, you do have enthusiasm that would <laughs> yeah. possibly borderline um, on obsession, but yes, that's it's, fine. It's it's deep. It's very deep. Um, <laughs> the unique thing about this one, you know, at mm. a at the age that I was when this was coming out, you know, like even though now I'm all about you know the movie life and following you know breaking stories and the development mm. of, of projects and as they're coming out, I wasn't doing that back then, and you know the internet was not so much a, a a place that I was headed to find all the stuff out. So when a movie was coming out, it was like, if I knew about it, mm. I would know about it the way everyone else would, you know, through marketing, things like that. And I remember seeing the first poster for, for this movie and, you know, in the, in the in the reflection of Spider-Man's eye, there was a silhouette yeah. and I was like, that looks like mm. Doc Ock. How exciting. Like, this is going to be insane. The, I remember this being like one of the first movies I was ever so eagerly anticipating like yeah. to the point where I was like I was counting down almost thinking I was like I wonder if I died before this, this came out I feel like I, it would ne- it felt like it was never coming out because right. I, like, I was waiting so long and I'm, I had never really had that sort of feeling for a movie yet so this was like the first time that was was happening of course like movies would mm. come out I would you know obviously be excited to see them but not like this this was something different off the heels you know two years earlier your first uh, hurrah into uh, the hype train. You were on board well, the hype it. train, and of course, like you know, the, you know, big fan of like the Jurassic movies and stuff. Mm. Like, I didn't have these kind of feelings when Jurassic Three was coming out. Um, I know you probably did. You know, being, uh, being a little bit older, mm. I was being more aware of things. I mean, that was I was like ten years old as we were building up to that. Yeah, of course, I was excited to see it, but it wasn't like, oh my god, I can't wait. Yeah, like right. this was. This was something else. So very special to me. You know, like I I got the the, the soundtrack because yeah. I'm a big girl. Great songs though. Oh, <laughs> like, amazing songs. Stuff. Such um, a good Dashboard Confessional, yeah. Train. Killing like, Mighty in Australia. Yeah, that's true. There was yeah. that bonus, like that bonus um, Aussie. Yeah, and in <laughs> saying that, that's the reason. So for me, that was what got me into this movie. So we talked offline recently about this, but it, you know, I watched this one more than I've seen in the other like, with the original trilogy. This is the one out of the three that I'll probably watch the most. Um, but in the lead up, like through its marketing campaign, Killing Heidi released the song "I Am," which actually isn't on the official like charting soundtrack, but the film clip to it had it was as an official film clip for this mm-hmm. movie, and so you had footage from it, and so that was the very first, I guess exposure to the marketing campaign behind it and I was really into Killing Heidi at the time so I was like holy shit what's this and I, I, can't, I can't really remember what we talked about with our when we were reviewing the first movie but I'm quite I believe I don't think I'd actually seen it before I saw the marketing campaign for this and then I may have seen it seen that movie then before this one but either way this is probably what kind of got me into that trilogy right. yeah sure. You make so, a good point, though. I think for myself, this was also mm. out of out of this trilogy. Actually, no, probably out of all the Spider-Man films, Spider-Man Two is probably the one I've watched the most. Yeah, and there's probably a reason for that. It's yeah. pretty good. We're, it's pretty we're, good. We're probably going to discuss it. Yeah, I, I remember like 
it was the first time I went and bought a DVD like as soon as it was. Yeah. And I mean, you, you got to take yourself back to like 2004. <laughs> me, I didn't have a job. I was a child. For me to like gather my I money. I just graduated from high school. Yeah, be like, oh, you're so old, man. <laughs> for me to <laughs> gather my money, go out and buy this brand new DVD that was probably like 20 plus dollars, probably 30 plus dollars. I don't know. Yeah. Chucking it on, uh, watching the whole thing with, um, you know, like commentary because yeah. remember that was a thing that people used to do? Yeah. Or not do? I don't which, know. But... Which is like the biggest injustice of the, of the industry now is uh, like not having yeah. access to any of that stuff. There were better times. But I remember that was the first time I did that and yeah. I never felt like a bigger nerd, but I loved it. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah. It really was. And yeah, you're correct about the nerd thing as well, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the legacy, like so, um, the numbers of it. So, it cost around 200 mil, um, and it made 789 mil uh, worldwide. So that that kind of figure gets it made it the quickest film to reach 200 mil, um, which took eight days, which is pretty cool. Um, that was until Star Wars: Reten- uh, Revenge of the Sith and Pirates: Dead Man's Chest, um, and eventually Dark Knight kind of passed all of them. But yeah, so it was popular and it was popular quickly. And it, it was popular quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it made money quick. <laughs> and we, we were talking fast. offline recently about it as well. But so this was a more expensive. It was more expensive than the the original. Yeah, I think the but... first one was it was around like one seventeen to one twenty or something mm. like that. So I mean, they that was the increase the budget. They knew it would. Mm. It was a safe bet. Yeah. And you can tell as well, like the special effects, everything in this, like it's is a it's a well made, very refined, very yeah, refined, definitely. Um, surprisingly, it was actually the sixth highest grossing live action Spider Man film. So, not the most financially successful film. I, I mean, it is. I mean, you've got a you've got a lot of new, you know, like the new MCU ones, and we're talking you know, like billion dollar films, that kind of mm. two billion if you if you count no way home. But I mean, like we're talking a different kind of playing field. Yes. But even then, if you're just looking at the Sam Raimi trilogy, mm. we most would say, and we will get to the, the critical rating, but most would say this is probably the better out and of the three. three. Yet yeah. it's actually, it did financially the least amount of money at the box office. Mm. Having said that, though, we're talking, you know, Spider-Man 3 did about, like, the high 800s, right. the first Spider-Man film, low 800s, and this, you know, sitting high 700. We're not talking that. a large amount, but still, on paper, on a spreadsheet... It's in third place. It's oh, it, it is, but that know, is It still though. made a lot of money, and why is that? Well, everybody loved it. Pretty much, pretty much. We've got a a bit of an overview here. Basically, entertaining villain. Um, mm-hmm. This movie over its predecessor had a deeper emotional focus, and mm. you know can be described as a sequel better than the original. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes has it at ninety three percent from 275 reviews that's an average of 8.3 out of 10 mm-hmm. metacritic 83 out of 100 based on 41 reviews and cinema score um an a minus which is the same as the 2002 movie right um roger ebert if you recall mm. i believe he gave the first film like a one and a half out of, out of four. four yeah um he didn't really write he had a few issues with this one four out of four stars he yeah. calls it the best Superhero movie since the modern genre was launched with Superman back in 1978. Can't really argue with him, you know. So basically, a whole lot of praise for this this film. Um, praise mm. for its balance of action and emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, praise for its compelling villain. Praise for its special effects, and praise mm-hmm. for balancing parallel 
plots and if you want to talk about a downside <laughs> to maybe I don't know the next Spider-Man movie we might talk about Spider-Man 3 yeah. balancing plots is a, is a craft that I think peaked yeah. here what a, yeah what an example of what not <laughs> to do yeah we'll talk we'll, we'll cover that next time so. but overall I think I mean really like, this is noted as being an example of a sequel better than its predecessor you know we're talking you know like Empire, Empire Strikes Back yeah. in uh, Terminator 2 mm. you know, Aliens like, Aliens, there we go. Like lots of examples of of that. I say lots of Madagascar two. Actually, really? Yeah, yeah. No, not really. Okay, well, I don't know. <laughs> Madagascar two is good. <laughs> so, Toy Story two. Oh, this is, oh yeah, okay. That, yeah, that's got a hundred hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So does, toy, so does Toy Story. Does it have a hundred? Yeah. Do you oh, know which one doesn't? Toy Story three ninety nine percent based yeah. because of one person's Rotten Tomato review. God damn. Damn aggravated scoring. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Cool. So, that's the critics. Um, what about the industry? What did they do? So, from an awards point of view, um, Academy Awards was nominated for Best Sound Mixing, Best Sound Editing, and it won Best Visual Effects. No surprise at all. Um, it was also nominated for um, one and se- won several Saturn Awards as well. So, the industry appreciated it. Critics appreciated it. We appreciated it with our dollars. Mm. It appears to be a... a you know, a well-received movie. I mean, there's a there's a number of other awards, and I think you know that, that mm. it was nominated for, and even one. Obviously, we can't go through them all, but if you're looking at sort of the categories that it's been nominated for, it's mm. a, this is a genre film, big blockbuster. You know, we're talking special effects things. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like we're not talking like best performance, best director, no, all that kind of we're stuff. We're talking about the craft. Yeah. Before, of- especially for this time, I mean, now we're getting sort of a shift in sort of the view of these types of, you know, these comic book films. But back then, it's like, even to be nominated for Academy mm. Awards, for the Oscars, like, this comic book, good stuff, even if it is just special effects. It's like, it's still owning. It's not just special effects, though. That stuff, I mean, I as a as a viewer, and you are the same, I value that a lot. Yeah. Oh, um, the leap in cinema and what you can put on screen, like, it, it means, it means a lot. Yeah. Um, look, we... we Obviously, talked in detail about yeah. the franchise um, when we covered the first Spider-Man film, so we're not going to go through it all. Um, but I mean, just to just to remind everyone, obviously we've got this trilogy: mm. um, Spider-Man two thousand two, Spider-Man two two thousand four, and Spider-Man three in two thousand and seven. We will get to it; it will happen. Yep. Um, of course, now I think we can talk about the fact that these movies are now integrated into the MCU due to the multiverse exploration yeah. kind of stuff. Now that we've had the release of Spider-Man No Way Home, yeah. um, we now can confirm, you know, Tobey Maguire from these sets of movies mm. came back in that. There's all bits and pieces. Mm. Doc Ock. We'll go into it a little bit more when we talk in sort of the le- like the, the cultural impact and influence yeah. over time. Yeah. But um, there's that. Just a few updates to a bit of the, the rest of the franchise. Um, you know, we spoke previously about the the animated films. Yep. Yes, multiple, plural. Mm-hmm. Um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, Across the Spider-Verse, which is going to be a two-part film. Um, they've actually been delayed. So part one will come out in 2023 and part two in 2024. Um, exciting. Now, Sony's doing their own thing with the... Well, their own thing, however you want to put it. Um, it gets confusing. <laughs> I mentioned, you know, like the Venom films. I mentioned yeah. Morbius before. Don't even bother. Um, Craven the Hunter is, <laughs> That's the spirit. is meant to be coming out next year. Yeah. And we can also add onto, their, onto this list Madam Web coming out in 2024. 
Good times. Now, if I'm being honest, I hadn't heard of um, Morbius. I'd heard of Craven for some reason. I'd, for you hadn't heard of Morbius. I had not it's heard of Morbius. Now. It's like no, it's, no. It's I mean, I mean, it's generally before oh, the announcement. Oh, right. Yes. And okay. I haven't. I don't know who Madame Web is. I'm assuming a female Spider-Man. I just didn't know. Like a Gwen she's Stacy. Like an, she's like, like an old Spider lady girl. that like sits in a chair, and there's all this like wacky magical stuff. It's oh. it's it's not. Great. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's well, a they're going to make a movie project. out of it. Interesting project. And the movie's coming in two years. So, cool. People bag on Sony about things, but, you know, we're going to sit here today and talk about a Sony-produced Sony Spider-Man yeah. film, which is, again, regarded as maybe one of the best. Yep. Maybe one of the best Spider-Man movies. So, I mean... Could be. I can knock them for everything they're doing right now, but... <laughs> They've done it right before. Who, lead, who leads the Sony charge? That's Amy Pascal, is it? No, I think she's. I think she's moved on from them since. For yeah. a, it's been a. It's been a while. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah, we are old. It's We've like, been watching these movies coming out for the last twenty years. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that makes me sad too. All right. <laughs> um, there, you know, Spider-Man features in in video games as well. Um, Spider-Man Two. Well, this is your notes. These are your words right here. The Spider-Man Two video game was the best. Cool. I haven't played any of them. He was actually the best. I haven't played it. <laughs> Miles Morales, so that came out for PS4. Did you play it? Yeah, so the... You know, why was the... Both that one and the um, like the Spider-Man PS4 game, like, you know, mm. great. Obviously, like, the open world thing. This Spider-Man 2 video game, which is obviously based on this movie, it was the first oh. time we got an open world New York City Spider-Man swinging around. You can land on the ground. You can swing through that. You can climb buildings. This was the first one right. was done. It was like GTA, but with Spider-Man. Like it was crazy, and it was done so well. The mechanics I of the web swing. Talking about, I thought you were talking about these, the the newer Spider-Man games that are out now. No, no, no. Well, this is Spider-Man Two. I don't Spider-Man think I've even 2. seen that before. What platform was it on? Um, it was the PS3. PS Two. PS Two, GameCube, yeah, uh, Xbox. Right. Um, wow. Generation. I forget what number. I definitely didn't play that. Well, I had it on. I had it on GameCube. Yeah, Nintendo Kid right here. <laughs> and yeah, like fantastic. Like again, it was the first time. You know, now it's been done multiple times. Yeah. Um, and every other Spider-Man game where they had an open world, it was like they dumbed down the mechanics of the web swing. Oh. And it was like it had peaked with this game. Like they had yeah. mastered it. Now with the PS4 Spider-Man games. Mm. they're back they're back to like the glory of how the swing should be perfect it's fantastic but it started here yeah okay cool it was good it I'll, was, I'll take it I haven't it played so it good. won't ever play it but because now it's impossible to play, find those games from earlier gens so, so I've yeah. still got it of course <laughs> and you can play it on Wii do you still have a oh right well, Wii plays uh, GameCube, GameCube games yeah right played on the Wii I did sell my GameCube and that was a regret that is a huge Huge mistake. It was just a sexy looking cube. I like the controllers too. That's controversial. People hated that shit. No, I like the like the the game controls are perfect. Yeah, I know. But people bag them. No, I get people not liking the N sixty four controllers. I get it. They're wacky. (laughs) Well, they're wacky to play now. But come on, they were like our first introduction to proper gaming. So yeah. You know what to do with the 3D stuff. Anyway. Wow, I didn't expect this huge tangent on games. Jesus. Well, let's get back to this movie. The cultural impact. Here we go. So again, I mentioned this is often considered to be one of the best live-action Spider-Man films. Mm -hmm. Um, It's still regarded as a comic book film that stands above modern summer flicks like The Avengers and The Dark Knight. You know, obviously we've had an onslaught of comic book movies even before this and after, also after... A lot of them, you know, like, they still got their criticisms. Uh, people have criticisms about them. Um, you know, 
It's mm. of a different decade, a different time. People still go back to this movie and say, this is as good as, if not better, than a lot of yeah. these newer ones, which is, I mean, like, which is nutty. Um, and, because of that, it's regarded as a blueprint, or it was regarded as a blueprint for future movies in the genre, which is, which mm. is good. And again, you're looking at superhero movies before this, especially like the, the Batman films, or whether it was Blade, even X-Men, you know, like... Mm. Great spectacle. We're starting to get like okay, a bit of the real world maybe as, as time went on, but there was an emotional element missing from a lot of the films. It was all yeah. action, and the drama was like the conflict between the villain and the you know yeah. trying to save the world. It wasn't. This had, and I guess this comes down to the character, mm. the emotional side, the the person behind the mask, all of that. The characters yeah. meant something, which was good. Was and a sympathetic that. villain as well. That's it. That well, always, kind of. It always sympathetic helps. at the end, where you get a redemption arc and stuff. So yeah, yeah, yes. Um, Spider Man two point one. This was an. Ex- I haven't seen it. This was an extended cut of the film, released on DVD on April seventeenth, two thousand and seven. Um, shortly before Spider Man three came out, this included eight minutes of new footage. I can you remember what the new footage is? Yeah, there's a few like it is a lot of like like the train fight scene. It's extended. There's a mm. bit more like Doc Ock fighting and stuff. There's a few scenes earlier on with like yeah like I think like Peter rescuing the pizza takes a little bit longer. Okay. There's um, extended scene between like Peter and Harry. You know, like in the at the birthday little uh, thing yeah. that they've got going on. Yep. The elevator scene. It's an alternative take. It's like okay. the guy says that he's in like PR and he can like do like marketing and stuff for, right. for Spider-Man. There's a few other things. Overall, there's some interesting stuff. Oh, there's a scene with Mary Jane and um, her friend Louise and they're talking about, you know, like does she really love, you know, John and all that kind yeah. of stuff. It's it's good to see the stuff. I prefer the original take. I feel like okay. it, it, it works better, better flow, although the extended stuff is cool to check out. Oh. But I, it's, it's not... It's not a director's cut. It's not a okay. superior cut in any way. But it's still just a few time. extra deleted scenes. Yeah, if you cool. if you've got, I think I think the Blu-ray release of, of Spider-Man Two has both cuts on there, mm. which you can check out, which is cool. Uh, and now, I mean, we're talking about okay, what has this movie done culturally? What what influence has it had? The main thing we can really hone in on now is that like, well, it's had a resurgence. Spider-Man it's, No Way it Home. It is in the zeitgeist. Again. I mean, we didn't at the time talk about Green Goblin coming back because, you know, we hadn't seen No Way Home yet at the time of talking yeah. about the 2002 Spider-Man. But in this one, look, Doc Ock does have a major role mm. in Spider-Man No Way Home. The same Doc Ock, Alfred Molina, Tobey Maguire. There's, there's actual scenes, interaction between the two of them in No Way Home, directly referenced moments in this movie. Yeah. You know, like the... You know, I'm trying to do better, mm. kind of thing. Parallels there. Yeah, it's it's. it's I liked good. it. I like what those things were doing in the movie. I liked it because of what we've got here. So the movie that we're talking about now, it, it, it's there's a faithful, um, I guess, kind of tribute in No Way Home, like mo- multiple actually, mm. and that's something. So if you look at No Way Home as a product of like you know where it sits in the MCU and all that. It gets a bit disjointed if you haven't seen all the other bits and pieces. But if you do have that connection to these characters, it does have that... Like, I feel like it is just such a, a pleasure to watch 
their characters interacting again when we never thought that we would ever see that again. It feels like a deleted scene that you, you get, <laughs> or, or a post-credit like... scene that, that that's all of a sudden... Yeah. yeah. I mean, if um, listeners of, of this show or like of that film should probably know like my your take. Sort of, my issues with No Way Home, sort of mm. you know like just plot holes and yeah. know, things that really make sense. But look, there were nice moments in that movie, which included you know like again like mm. Tobey Maguire Spider Man interacting with Alfred Molina's Doc Ock again. Yeah. Um. The I mean, a major issue really though is that it's like at the end of this movie you get Doc Ock redeeming himself. You know, and he even says, like, I'm not dying a monster. Like, he mm. essentially sees what, what's gone wrong. He's taken control again of his mechanical arms. And he mm. he stops himself and saves, essentially saves the day. Yeah. But then it's sort of like, we need him to come back in No Way Home to have a redemption story again. Mm. And you mm. rinse and repeat for the majority of the yeah. villains that we see then. And that's a major issue I had with that movie as well. It's like... Why are we seeing this stuff? Yeah. When all these characters had, except for like Green Goblin, but all these characters essentially had redeeming moments. Yeah. So, it, yeah, again, I've done all that, so I won't get into it, but it is mm. cool to see him back. And again, he's such a fantastic villain in this movie. Yeah. And we'll talk a lot more about him, but he's such a fantastic villain that, of course, yeah, it's just great to see him back. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. All right, well, should we, should, we, should we just jump into the movie? Should we talk about some stuff? Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean that's a, that's a pretty pretty decent legacy. I think we covered everything that we needed to on that one. So, I mean, with any sequel, mm. it's always good to. It's 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 weird when we do sequels because mm. it's like I feel like we we don't need to get too much into the characters, mm-hmm. but we play more of a, a bit of a catch up. Where are they now? Yeah. And this movie does this really well. Like the, mm. I mean, number one, we get the fantastic opening credits again. The 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 fantastic. I'm saying fantastic too much. Hmm. Um, the the Danny Elfman score, yeah. just bringing you back, bringing you back into the world of, yeah. of this Tobey Maguire, Sam Raimi Spider Man, however you want to describe it. Yeah. Um, but we're getting all these like all the the art pieces, mm. pretty much recapping what happened in the last movie. Cool, mm. catch up. Yeah, that's all. That's always good. Yeah. And then in a very neat, very quick way, although it doesn't feel rushed. And it doesn't feel all pasted together. Mm. We're getting reintroduced and caught up with all of our main, our main characters. Like we've got, obviously we're, we're back with Peter Parker now. This movie, as it goes along, it's all about his responsibilities versus you know like the sacrifice that, he, that yeah. he's making. And then we eventually get to the, you know, him making the decision to to be like Spider Man mm. no more. Like pretty much giving that up, putting yep. himself first. And then obviously, like having that internal struggle. So mm. as we reintroduce to, to Peter, we're getting all the all these things that are knocking him down. Yeah, you know, like he's always late, he's late his job, late like for his job, his, both yeah. jobs, or he's not contactable. He's getting fired twice. Mm. Um, he's failing class. Um, rent, yeah. bloody rent! He can't pay rent. <laughs> rent, oh. yeah. like. He's struggling with money. Mm. The MJ of it all, like he's not, he's not with her. He made that sacrifice at the end of the last movie, yeah. and he's still dealing with that. Um, and then there's also he's still like, conflicted. Yeah, so and then there's the conflict not sure if he's made Harry. the right. Yeah, and then and the thing with Harry as well. So there's there's a number of scenes that we're getting that is sort of really drilling that home. And of course, they're integrated into like fun scenes, like mm. rescuing the pizza. Spider Man still like us pizza. Yeah, like great stuff. Mary Jane Watson, we're reintroduced to her. Mm. We know that she's 
in a play yeah. at the moment. She's living her dream. Yeah, and eventually, you know, like not straight away, but we eventually find out like she's she's met someone mm. and there's an eventual engagement. All of this stuff plays into into this. So eventually, like essentially, we're we're seeing just Peter Parker down on his luck, the Parker luck. Everything about this character at the start of this movie is shit. Yeah, he's like he's not dealing. Well, yeah, I mean, well, he's pl- constantly playing catch up. That's that's the way it seems to me. Like, yeah, he's always, yeah, like, he playing, the, playing catch up. Yeah, like he's and he, like, and that's you know that the thing about quite literally being late and all of that, but always behind with the rent and then not being able to. Mm. Yeah, and then always being in conflict of against what his responsibility is versus you know him just living his life. He didn't and, remember it was his own birthday, mm. which is again a great scene because you get to have him catch up with with Mary Jane mm. with Harry as well mm. he's continued uh, you know he, he's got this fueled rage hatred of Spider-Man feeling mm. that he's responsible for his father's death yeah. not knowing the truth behind yeah. you know the Green Goblin stuff um, mm. where we're introduced to the fact that like Harry's now in charge of Oscorp mm. Oscorp Industries whatever you want to call it so there's all that happening again yeah. very well done Um and Aunt May as well, you know, like, she's having money issues. Yeah. There's still the lingering because of, you know, like, the death of Uncle Ben. Yeah. You know, like... The guilt and his guilt over yeah. that because he knows that he's done the wrong thing. Well, he, he was responsible for it. Well, yeah. Well, he, in his the, eyes. Was... The exchange, the exchange where, you know, like, well, Peter sees, like, the letter, the foreclosure mm. of bank, you know, stuff... And then Aunt May gives him birthday money, and he, yeah. he doesn't want to take it because she's struggling. But he also needs to pay his rent, yeah. and he need he, he needs it. And it yeah, it's, it's like, and it's, and, of, but it's and it's a token amount. It's like twenty bucks, I yeah, think like it is. And it's like, but he's feeling so much guilt taking that. Well, because she can't meet her own bills, like yeah. every dollar counts, right? But then you make a good point. It is such a small amount that yeah. it shouldn't matter to either of them, mm. but it actually does. It matters, yeah. And all of this stuff is just laying the groundwork of the eventual no way, oh, not no way home, no, no more. The the yeah. eventual Spider Man, Spider-Man, no more. Yeah, aspect of it. And that's this movie. Throw on the that's, suit away. <laughs> that's this movie. Yeah, it sets up the play, and then the movie delivers on that story. Yeah, and that's what we get, and then we get the eventual resolution. Well, and I think this I summed is, it up. <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> so um, okay, you talk now. That's, 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 <laughs> the, that's the, the end of the movie. Um, so we that, hope you enjoyed this episode. Um. No, so yeah, it sets it all up. It, there's a bit of you know easy exposition with the credits and stuff as well. Really efficient way of doing it. And then what you see then for the rest of the movie is like we said before with parallel plot points going forward. But you've got you know Peter's gonna has his has his internal conflict throughout the whole thing. And then you've got all these other things that are happening around him at the same time that kind of all kind of come together. The thing is like they're yeah. all. I mean, and and that 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 birthday scene. Mm. Proof that's like all of these different storylines and all these other characters having all these, all these other things going on. Yeah, they're all directly related to Peter as well. Yeah, like it's not like, oh, this is just a, a, a plot B that's going on. It's mm. it's a plot B that is directly that's integrated that to Peter. One, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the main story, which is Peter's internal conflict, mm. is like it's the way to do it. Done plot, plot B and MJ or I, I call I call her MJ. I know it's Mary Jane. I'll but, continue to yeah. go back and forth. Whatever feels MJ good. Just easier. <laughs> but so you know her subplot with her her fiance and her career and that 
that at times just keeps intersecting with Peter's mm. troubles. Same with Doc Hock's mission to do what he needs to do, unintentionally intersects then with Peter, and he, like that. And same with um, uh, Harry as well. You know, like it's it's a really well woven story, and the and the core thread is Peter's conflict, just internal yeah. conflict. Well, like you mm. meant like you know. You've got Doc Ock, but it's not just, oh, he's, you know, an octopus guy and um, now Spider-Man needs to fight him. It's like mm. Peter was there when, you know, the, you know, the experiment failed. Mm. Harry has a connection to Doc Ock because of, like, Oscorp mm. and, you know, working with him and financing it. And then Doc Ock obviously goes back and forth interacting with Harry with yeah. like the, the tritium and all that kind of stuff. It's, yeah. It works, it works well and, you know, like, Harry knows that Peter is the link to Spider-Man because of the photos. Mm. Doc Ock, Spider-Man, obviously, once again, a convenient way to get MJ sort of caught up in it all. Yeah. Because Peter, he was sitting there with her in, the, in that mm. little cafe. It's ludicrous, <laughs> but it works. It really works because it's all just, mm. it's all just there, but you buy it because it's like, well, yeah, because the groundwork's done. You yeah. laid it. And again, these opening scenes are like, it's like the first 15, 20 minutes. Mm. It's rapid fire, but it feels like so much ground has been covered. Yeah. And you're caught up and you're ready to just let the development of the characters like wash over. It, it really is mm. really perfect. Yeah. Nice. Let's um, let's talk about, I mean, I guess talk about some of the scenes. We'll quickly just mention Dr. Connors. We see Dr. Connors, although no lizard in sight so well if you notice um so so dylan baker plays dr connor's in this now mm. if you notice you know he's got he's got the missing arm his mm. like coat thing is sort of pinned up he's a one air one-armed professor there were plans to have him become the lizard eventually yeah, number, three, um, number three or number four obviously didn't have number three potentially mm. number four yeah or somewhere along the line we did obviously get Reese Erfans as the lizard in The Amazing Spider-Man when yeah. Sony decided to reboot all of this. All good times. Um, mm. But I think just a nice little plant of a of a character here amongst it all. Oh, I yeah, mean, you've it's, got a it's great little Easter egg for people who are in the know. So I have to admit, um, I didn't know who Dr. Connors was until you know, after the release of The Amazing Spider-Man. So <clears throat> I didn't realise... That character had any kind of importance at all. I didn't realize he had didn't he had only had one arm in this until well until yeah. I think later on when I was more invested in sort of Spider-Man characters and mm. and I was like, I thought like I knew Doctor Connors mm. and I knew he would become the Lizard sort of thing, yeah. but I just completely didn't notice that he only had one arm in this movie, mm. <laughs> which is crazy. But it's a great little. T- this is of course like first viewing kind of thing. Yeah, it wasn't long until I worked it out, but yeah. So yeah, good nod. Um, same yeah, it's the same thing with the um Doctor Strange thing later on. You know, mm. whether it's just the name drop and and at that time had no idea who Doctor Strange was. Didn't even did, just completely yeah, glossed over. Yeah. It was only until the MCU and and the introduction of that character into the mainstream where, where I was like, Haha, that's if funny. You, if you remember, there was a name drop of um Doctor Connors in the first Spider-Man film. No, nope. Peter says he says. Um, oh no, yeah, I do. We talked about it. Yeah, yeah and he's like. Yeah. Ah, oh, Doctor Connors fires, fired me, and it was just like a thriller. I'm assuming that line has now been retconned because of this obviously character here, because I mean he's not employed by Doctor Connors, unless maybe yeah. it was a. Little oh, this was job. like an internship or or a TA. Yeah, mate. I mean, possibly, yeah. but probably not. 
or just a throwaway line that we're meant to ignore, or a different Dr. Connors. <laughs> I mean, Connors is not exactly a rare, rare, rare That's surname, it. is and it? And New York is pretty big. A couple of million people there. So, all right. Um, so we covered Dr. Connors. He was just one literal note in the in the. I mean, I, I just needed to mention him. No, no, it's so good. It's good. It's good. I'm glad we elaborated. Um, Pete's apartment. You got um, Mr. Um, Diktovich. Now that um, you probably know this because as being who you are, but that's actually in honor of um, illustrator Steve Dict. Dicto. That's right. Dick. Dicto. Dicto. <laughs> You'll get there. Yeah. So he's the, he's Take the original. Take a breath before you say it. <laughs> he's the original illustrator of Spider-Man. Right? Yeah, Steve Dicto. Like, yeah. So he designed... He basically is responsible for the design of Spider-Man. Doctor Strange as well, which mm. makes um, you know, No Way Home even more spectacular uh, for that, for those reasons. But yeah, mm. Mr. Ditko. Ditko. A bit. Now, he is... Is he not the... He's also a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean... All of the memes. I mean, this it, probably should have all been in the legacy, like the the mm. memes. The this character, red, red. Yeah. Like if, if what does he say? <laughs> if promises were crackers, my daughter would be fat. <laughs> like, he is, and she's not very fat at all. No, she's, <laughs> she's like, very, very, thin very thin and petite. Thin. Yeah. Um, Elia Baskin is um Mr. Ditkovich. Um. I think if they ever do continue more multiverse stuff with this universe, you want to see him, him appear. Back. Why yeah. not? He should... Bring back. Yeah, you've already brought J. Jonah Jameson back into it. Why like... not Metkidikovic? Like oh. the and he, it is funny. It's a nice bit of like because that breaks it up. Like it, one, it is reinforcing just how messed up Pete's life is. But it is funny, you know. Yeah. And you get the contrast of this absolute asshole. All he, all he wants is his money, and then a really beautiful, lovely daughter who just. Wants to be lovely and make cookies and make you feel happy. And, yeah, yeah. So that's that's Ursula, uh, Magina Tova, um, and it's sort of just like like she's just awkward and kind of there, yeah. and you're kind of like, what's the point of her? But then later on, it's just a nice sweet moment where she's just like, hey, you know, like when Peter's pretty much the lowest he's been, <laughs> she makes cookies and it's makes just like, you feel good. Oh, cake or something. It's like yeah, cake or cookie. Oh yeah, it's anyway. like chocolate cake. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, do you want some chocolate cake? Yeah. Sure, and some milk like that'd be nice. Like yeah. out of all the shitty things that's going on with Peter, like it's it's her who comes along and just like, dude, let's just have some cake yeah. and milk. And it's mm. like you know what? Let's have. I cake need that. We'll like yeah, it, it's good. So again, like just sort of random characters, but they're there and they just kind of serve mm. a much larger purpose. And of course, we've got you know already mentioned the struggles with Peter and the rent. Obviously, yeah, it, it sucks. His apartment is so dinky. It's tiny. You know, mm. like it's one space, bed, sink, yeah, like that. That's his apartment. Mm. It's pretty. It's pretty rough, and, and yet it probably still rough, costs, and yet he still can't pay rent. That's because well. probably you know it's New York City. It probably costs so much. Yeah, because <laughs> more than our mortgages combined. <laughs> probably, <sorry>. probably. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's a Pulitzer delivery boy, so he's not exactly earning big bucks. But I mean, it's it's. But he even get it, like when he when he's he owes the receptionist at um. The, yeah, like she gave it, like Betty she gave, gave him money, him and then advance. when he gets paid, she takes the money off him. Because um, she gave him an advance, and yeah, like yeah. She needs that back. It's yeah. like, like you said, he's playing yeah. catch up. He is yeah. like, he's gotten a bit too far ahead, and he or a bit too far behind, I should say. And, mm. and it's just, it's just rough. But it is good to have a character like Mister Ditkovich, sort of adding a bit of humor. And if you think his the character is just a throwaway like joke, mm. we wait till we get to Spider Man Three, and we have this sincere moment where. You know, he is actually like, as much as he's larger than life, crazy, always demanding rent, yeah. you know, like, won't fix the door. I and mean, then, of course, we're, I'm jumping to Spider-Man 3, but mm. there's a moment where he's like, 
you know, he's a good boy and he's in trouble and he can see that and, yeah. he, and he's like, yeah. So he's like, he cares. He's just a character. He's just, yeah. like, he's just a fun personality. Yeah. And a whole lot I of like, I like him. That's going on. All right. Um, so you got here the importance of being earnest. So when you wrote this in the notes, I was like, what are you talking about? And I had to do, had to research <laughs> a little bit, and then, so my so you, there's 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 parallels in the plot of that production. MJ's in here. play, yeah, yeah, for so, sure. Um, and it is. I mean, and when when I was researching, and then it made more made a little bit more sense. But you want to take that a little bit? What, explain so, yourself a little bit. Well, the the play, um, the importance of being, being honest, which is the play that MJ is so currently like Oscar Wilde piece or something. Like that? Uh, yeah, look, I didn't put that in notes. But basically, the point of the play is about um, someone who has these dual identities mm-hmm. and they're not being honest with themselves. They're not being earnest yes. <laughs> about who they truly are. Yeah. Um. And again, of course, like you can see, you can clearly see the the the. I'm trying not to say dualities, but like mm. yeah, the parallels of that play, what's going on with Peter and stuff like that. And in that play, it's it's interesting because it's like the 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 female lead. She discovers the the truth behind this this person who has these Jewel. two lives mm. sort of going on uh, towards the end mm. of the of the second act. Yeah. When does MJ eventually find out about Peter and being Spider-Man at the end of the second yeah. film, the second act? It's it's fun. That's <laughs> oh, great. Fun. It's, it's cool. nice. It's nice. But of course, again, like it's it's just cool to see this sort of play going on, and you've got Peter struggling with his dual identities, and mm. like uh, I enjoy Jet. You know the band. Yep. The band. It's familiar. Yep. Yep. Aussie band, right? Like, they are... Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Crazy. Aussie big, band that sounds like a... Big bre- Marvel blockbuster film. They, yeah. get a, they get a song montage. Thing. I like this montage mm. because there's so much storytelling going on. Yeah. Sometimes montages, there need to be things going on or mm. someone training for, you know, a boxing match or something. But this is... <laughs> this, is <laughs> this is a good montage, you know, like... He doesn't own that much clothes and you see the shot of him with his wardrobe. Mm. He's got his suit. He's got his... I should clarify... He's got his dress suit. Yeah. He's got his Spider-Man suit. Mm. Just the two items hanging on the closet. Which one is he going to choose? Mm. Um, you get glimpses of him with his photos of MJ, like in his thing. Like he still obviously cares about her. We know that, but yeah. obviously he's in his life. So it's about him, like sort of dealing with that. He's practicing his poetry. Oh, I think that's the end of the montage. But you know, he's at the mm. laundromat. Again, no, this is all after the the thing. Anyway, the yeah. this montage sequence is good. You see MJ sort of there, like Peter's promised her that he will actually attend this time. He'll be there, and she believes him. She's there yeah. with her friend Louise, and she's excited and yeah. like well, her, her co, yeah, co-star, actor, co-star. Mm. Um, it's like, oh, you're a jitty tonight. Like you never know who's coming. Like she's genuinely so happy. Yeah. Um, and I guess at this point you don't realize that she's actually you know with John Jameson and anything yeah. like that yet. So you're all on board, and you're like, yeah. But even if you look back in context, it's like she's met this guy. And he's mm. great. He's an astronaut. He plays football. You know, he's um, the is, son of the publisher of the Daily Bugle. You know, like that's who is he? Daniel Gillies, isn't he? The guy from um, the originals, the Vampire Show. Is he's, a, he's, a, he's a New Zealand. I saw him in a actually, yeah, in a, in a New Zealand film like this. Um, mm. I forgot what it's called, but it's like this horror kind of thriller thing mm. where like this family get abducted and and, oh. and stuff. And he's like the guy. And he's pro- and looked up and I was like, oh my god, that's that's John Jameson from Spider Man. <laughs> I remember seeing when we re- rewatched this, 
I, the you know wife and I we were watching the originals and it was yeah so and it's, it's like Daniel Giles or Gillies I can't oh, yeah. I don't remember how you pronounce it but he it plays Elijah in um, Vampire Diaries and the originals and that's the only thing I've seen him in right so I was a bit like taken aback when I rewatched it and gone oh wow okay cool so there you go Kiwi actor Daniel Gillies there you oh, go he he does well yeah does well. but again you don't like you don't know that but even like in context, once you you realize like she's met this guy and he's great again. Mm. Like he'll play football in the movie. Like that's the type of guy you know. Like perfect, mm. perfect guy. He's a freaking astronaut. Like yeah. you can't go wrong. Good looking dude. She's still so giddy about the fact that her her friend, yeah, Peter Parker is gonna. Yeah, you know. Like and again, she doesn't know he's Spider Man. She mm. just wants. Peter Parker to be yeah. there, her friend. Despite all of it, you know, she knows that he's always late. She knows that he's just struggling to catch up yeah, with everything. But she, but she, she doesn't know why, but she, yeah, and she still loves him regardless. It's, it's quite lovely. It's yeah, quite cool. but there's all of this is sort of like set up again. The montage is great, and then following that, you know, like he's he's practicing poultry at the laundromat. A good mm. little gag with the with like washing the suit with the with the wine. Oh and, yeah, yeah, and I'm like. I feel like that wouldn't happen though. Like once you've washed the suit once, I feel like all the color would have drained. But anyway, that's mm. fine. That's fine. That's good gag. Yeah, very good. Funny stuff. Um, but this all leads to again. This is all building that internal conflict. Yeah. This is where we get the existential crisis. The the, the the beginning of the loss of powers. Yeah. And I never really understood what this was all about when I used to watch this movie, it was sort of like, why is this happening? I just got it, like, like you know that concept of being, just you know, stage fright, like being pee shy, <laughs> that kind of thing. Not being able that, to perform, yeah, like, that, can't like, get it that up. Concept of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that kind exactly. of concept of, like, too much stress and being confused <laughs> and overthinking and then yeah. done. And I'm like, so that's the whole vibe I got with all of this whole transition of that. So, yeah, it's definitely... Is like, I can't make my mind up on what I'm doing yeah. and so the powers are affected by that. So it's definitely more than just... My powers are fueled by the love of MJ, and when that's not happening, I <laughs> far more than that. It's more I think than it's, that. I think it's, it's more of a yeah. His 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 um experience with the world. One hundred percent. Now, of course, like obviously, as like a thirteen-year-old, when I was watching this, mm. like in my mind, I'm just like, it's the love of MJ that gives him his powers. Like, and without that. When, when well, it can be interpreted like that, I swear. Yeah, but easily. of course, it's way more as, as I get older and I actually develop a brain that can think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Teenagers are so stupid. Um, it's because he's got such internal conflict. He doesn't know what he wants to do. And he's stressed. And, and he legitimately wants to back away from the res- Spider-Man responsibilities. Yeah. It's only until May later on talks to him. We'll talk about that. But 100%, yeah. It's, of course he's going to be. Yeah, anyway. So that's the, so, and of course, it's a major factor in the fact that he eventually does decide to, to give up he does. the responsibility. And again, all of this is referenced in No Way Home and we we see Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker again and he mm. talks about this exact thing, his existential crisis and, mm. you know, it's like, you know, wasn't able to perform essentially. <laughs> uh, web block, he referred to it as. Is that what he... Yeah, that's right. And that's what it is really, isn't it? But so. it was more... I guess it was more than web block. Like, he, he legit couldn't... He couldn't climb walls anymore. Like it was, he couldn't stick. Yeah. Um. He could like his vision started to go again. Yeah. He needed to start wearing glasses. The world's worst placebo effects, I guess. Except it's not anti. It's anti. Whatever the opposite of placebo is. Same thing. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. And then, like you said, he he makes his choice. He decides that he's not going to do it. 
He's not going to do Spider-Man anymore. He gets throws away his suit. You get the old suit in the trash can look, which is fun, yeah. I guess. And then that suit ends up bloody hanging on the wall of Jay Jonah Jameson's. <laughs> <laughs> also, he wears it, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, doesn't he? That's that's in two point one. Oh, is there's it? A, there's a oh. bit where he wears it. And he, um... Oh, well, I've definitely... I've seen 2.1 then. Yeah. yeah. Or you might have just seen the Billy's. I, yeah. I don't know. It was floating around a little bit. But look, we, we just glazed <laughs> over... Simmons in a Spider-Man suit. Uh, a pretty standout scene. You know, Marvel these days, we always make a joke about like how they love elevator scenes. Oh, right, yeah. And of course, we've got the the iconic elevator scene in this, in this movie. I'm just trying to find that guy's name. It's in my notes. Where is he? Elevator manager. Hal Sparks. I mean, just a... Again, right. you've got all this stuff going on. This movie has this amazing way of just like so many, so much, not necessarily all action, but mm. just like scenes move so quickly. There's so much going on. Mm. And then it just gives you a moment to rest. We're in this elevator and <laughs> yeah. you just get to absorb the humor of just like the awkwardness of this guy. This and the suit, like he's like, I need to take the elevator because I can't yeah. jump off this roof because I might die. Mm. It's there, and it's just a fun experience. Like, cool Spider-Man outfit. Where'd you get it from? Like, mm. I, I made it, not thinking it was actually the real Spider-Man. Well, it's sort of the dressing up. Yeah, like, that's oh, cool. Yeah, it is embarrassing. And then like, just the the perfect time of delivery. It, it gets kind of itchy. It rides up the crush a lot. Like, it's it's great. It's a good scene. <laughs> it is pretty awesome. It but is. I think, but a little bit of brevity, like, and, and yeah, mm. like brevity, levity, whatever. Bit a bit of a bit of humor in there. But you mentioned the fact that he starts to, you know, question whether, you know, we eventually get to the, the I keep wanting to say no way home, like the Spider-Man no, no more, more part, yeah. which everything is building. Pretty much every scene that we've seen so far is pretty much someone punching, not literally, but like him getting punched mm. metaphorically with something. And to cap it off, he's walking home with his broken scooter mm. and there's just the wall of MJ's face. Like, yeah. he can't escape her, even though he's trying to, you know, trying to do what he needs to do. It's like, she's just everywhere. Yeah. It's it's literally, like, it's literally Well, that's the, phys- that's the physical, like, um, interpretation of it. But, like, that, that is, I think, a metaphor of him not being able to escape the thought and the conflict mm. in his brain. So, you got the idea of, yeah, he's walking there and then you can't escape well, this like visual he, thing. But it's he like... literally... It's one of those things when you're obsessed... Sees everywhere he goes. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And those moments when you remember, you know, sitting down, laying down, and kind of this isn't in the movie, but that concept of where you can't shake a feeling, or can't shake a thought, or something that's got you, that's what it is. Except here, in a visual medium, he's looking at billboards. Billboards is what's you know that that metaphor, that interpretation of it. So there's a very quiet, again, a very simple, very basic. I feel like this guy isn't actually a doctor. He might be a vet. <laughs> it seems like the local, mm. like the 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 doctor on campus or something like it. Yeah. it just seems like a very very simple gp but um peter goes to see dr davis who's played by um greg edelman mm. um and just the very not so obvious like oh i'm having dreams mm-hmm. uh, it's not even my dreams it's my friend's dream yeah where he's spider-man and he you know he keeps he keeps falling down and mm. it's like oh you know and again it's it's a nice exchange it's just a mm. simple i guess dissection of I guess Peter processing all of these feelings yeah you know like and Dr. David says to him was like maybe you're not meant to be Spider-Man climbing up this wall mm. essentially saying to him like you don't need to do this like you're not a psychiatrist though <laughs> well that's it but, no but again yeah. it's, it, it is a good way to put a medical stamp 
like stamp on everything that's going on. It's like, yeah, you know, like if you're if you're not exactly performing the way you're meant to be performing, you know, yeah. in the most yeah. uh, coded way possible, it's like, is it stress? It's some, yeah, it's all this stuff. And I guess that's Peter's way of understanding. It's like, yeah, like I can't actually handle this right now. Like I need to put myself forward. Yeah, and then we get the nice little, you know, a good way of bringing. Cliff Robertson back as mm. Uncle Ben in the little mm. dream sequence flashback kind of yeah. thing. We're back in the we're back in the car, mm. you know, like all the things you're thinking about Peter. Yeah, you know, like it breaks my heart, and it's like, holy shit! Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Peter's got this internal conflict again. It all comes back. To, it's a way of delivering the with great power comes great responsibility yeah. thing again, again in this movie. Yeah, um, but it works. It does it work. works, and it's but it's for a different reason now. It's like it's more like a plead, like. No, like, this is your mantra. Like, this is what you're mm. going to stick by. Yeah. And Peter denies it. And he's just like, no, I don't. Yeah. He's got all this stuff going on. He's like, no, I, I don't. I have a choice. Mm. I don't have to do this. Yeah. And he's losing his powers anyway. So, I guess that's probably just well, I mean, to part, top it off. Part of that, yeah. Part of that conflict. Well, I mean, he doesn't know it, but that's what's causing. Like, yeah. Do you yeah. know, so we get the iconic shot in the alleyway with the suit in the trash can. Yeah. And he walks away. Do you know the the comic no. details behind it? All right, so Spider-Man No More, the title of episode 50 of The Amazing Spider-Man, the original run okay. of Spider-Man comics. The cover, it is that shot. All oh, right. It's the... It's the just the, the shot of Peter's back down that alley. Yeah, right. The the, the mask is hanging, you know, like out of the, the trash can sort mm. of thing, the suit. Might just been the suit, maybe not the mask. But he's walking away. It's 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 a comic panel on screen. It's a beautiful shot. Oh, that's awesome. Ah, that's no, I wasn't I wasn't aware of that. But um, you know, super super not well versed. So all. I think I think they were. I I mean I read this in like IMD trivia, which I was reading through a lot of it, and I was like, a lot of this doesn't actually sound accurate or true. It just sounds like someone's made this up. But there was a note where it's like they were saying they were toying up alternative titles to this movie, okay. and I think they were thinking about going with Spider Man No More, and I think that would have worked. Yeah. Although, like I said, Spider-Man Two, perfect. <laughs> yeah, but Spider-Man No More. I mean, if it, they they they've clearly um, given tribute to the source material, mm. so in title as well would would have worked. Um, and then they just would have went Spider-Man Three. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean Jurassic Park did it. <laughs> Spider-Man with like just like like Roman numerals three. Yeah. Like, <laughs> really mix it up. Spider-Man I I I. <laughs> Spider-Man Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Uh, Tokyo needs a Spider-Man 2 they've got killers <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man 3 how many villains are in 3? Okay. Spider-Man 3 villains when we talk about that again technically this movie has 3 villains as well they're just not there yet you got Dr. Connors yeah and John Jameson is the Wolfman I didn't know that that's a thing oh right no no idea <laughs> it's very it's I, all, you know. Man, no idea they mentioned Eddie Brock I think as well don't they? That's in the first one. Yeah, okay, they mentioned him because they can't get hold of him or something like that to do a photo. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Again, just naming reference only. Yeah. Probably. Although, mm-hmm. could have been... Could be the real yeah. Eddie Brock. Mm. Once we've got this, this this epic moment where he gives up being Spider-Man, you know, like, there's, there's thunder and lightning. Mm. He's sitting on his bed like, Spider-Man, no more. <laughs> no more. <laughs> it's like, okay, you know, it, it can be kind of cheesy, but... It works. It really, yeah. it really works. And then, boom, the mood changes. Peter Parker's a new man. Raindrops are falling on my head. Another mm. little montage yeah. with a song. 
it's goofy, it's funny. For some reason, Peter's working, work, wearing the like the most dorkiest white collared t-shirt. Might because he's a dork a little bit. Maybe <laughs> it's like, without his Spider-Man powers, he's he's like regressed yeah, to regressed. like a very dorky, pure nerd. Of oh, course, he's had to put the specs back on, which is you know always good to see Spider-Man with the specs. Mm. I you know it, it's very Superman Clark Kenty kind of thing. I, I do enjoy that. And yeah, I think I find it relatable. <laughs> but yeah. again, a good little sequence. Um, you know, Peter's eating. Uh, Tom McGuire's a vegan, so he's eating a, a tofu dog. But yeah, it's a hot dog in this movie. Yeah, it's yeah, there's things going on. He sees passing police cars. He does nothing. Doesn't do anything about it. He's yeah. trying to just. You know, you, you see shots of him, um, you know, in class, and he's answering questions, and he's on top of it, he's and he's getting Doctor Connors is giving him his praise. Yeah, um, things are looking up. It's very bright. It's very. It really again, it's a sequence like this that's just selling. It's the complete opposite to that. Mm. You know, when, when we got the, you know, the the, the jet montage. Yeah, you know, where it's sort of like, who am I? What's going on now? It's like. Yeah. I'm Peter Parker, I'm a big dork, and I'm getting things done, and people love me. There's chicks passing him on the street, kind of like chit-chatting, laughing, maybe because he looks like such a dork, but also maybe it's because it's like, yeah, this guy's kind of cute. He's got his shit together from the looks of it. (laughs) But then it's capped off with, you know, like this moment where it's like, there's these these guys Mm. beating up this other guy in this alleyway, and it's like, he walks away, he turns his back on him. He's like, yeah. it's not my responsibility. And this sort of like, okay, somber, nice little moment gone. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's rough. But we do get we do get interactions with Peter. And again, like he finally sees the show. He's there and she's, mm. I mean, he almost destroys <laughs> performance. Yeah. She's like, I am glad. <laughs> Are you glad to hear it? <laughs> I am glad. But she, re- she recovers. Again, nice little moment. Um, more calls back, more parallels with the play and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. then you get the moment in the street and Peter's like, I'm, I thought there was something I needed to do, but now I don't have to. Punch me, I bleed. Mm. You know, he, he's standing there and he's basically declaring to her, like, I'm just a guy again. Like, yeah. I'm a man. I'm here. Again, you know, like, I'm, I'm not anything special, mm. but I'm here. We had a moment previously where we were about to get things started and we mm. didn't. Can we do that? And she makes a good point. She's like, we never got on. We can't pick mm. up where we left off because we, we never didn't start. Act. We never actually started. Yeah. It was like, yeah. I gave you, like, I told you I loved you. I, I gave you that chance. And he he basically turned his back on her then. Yeah. Again, she didn't know the reasons behind it. Mm. Very noble, all that kind of stuff. But she didn't know that. She yeah. just thought that she wasn't, he wasn't keen. <laughs> yeah. And she's been obviously pining over him still, thinking mm. about him and it hurts, all that kind of stuff. And she tells him, like, I'm getting married. Mm. You know, like, it, this is this is what's going on. Yeah, and it goes from there. So again, it's like yeah, even though everything's now great, there's still one aspect that's not quite right, and that's the that's the MJ thing. But he plants mm. the seeds for something later on. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's there you go. The 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 cafe car through the window scene. Just re- refresh my memory chronologically. That's after he's seen the show, isn't it? Yeah, it is. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, right yeah, before. Yeah. That's the moment yeah. where he, he, he comes back to be like, "I gotta be the Spider Guy. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta, right. gotta do this again." Yeah. All right. So you know, talked talked a bit about you know what's happening and 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 Pete's conflict and stuff. Let's talk about his actual conflict, <laughs> the physical embodiment of conflict. So the villain. I mean, we um, always, we always need a villain. <laughs> Otto Otto Octavius Doc Ock. I think 
So Alfred Molina, um, good. He's great. Let's move on. No, um, I mean really, it's hard because we could just sit here and gush about him. But in summary, really, he's so good. Such a humble performance. Yeah, amazing. Like just he is, and that, that, he's so a genuinely likable guy as. Doctor Otto Octavius. Yeah. When you meet him, you know you meet like, him and his wife and stuff like that. And and he's t- like you, their relationship's really beautiful. He's a man of science. She's a man. Of, she's a, a lady of philosophy and, and poetry. Um and, and and I guess you know two differing disciplines. Yeah. But they have a true appreciation for each other. That and their their um their meal together. Um, when you know he he's talking about T. S. Eliot and stuff and how he, it's a language he doesn't understand. Um, it's more complex than you know advanced science, advanced science yeah. or whatever it is, but it's a bit of banter, and you see that relationship. It's only because so okay, I'm not sure how it was portrayed in the marketing stuff, but I think a little bit it was that it was, he was like a mad scientist kind of thing, and it's like he's not. He loses control of equipment, and the equipment is what actually makes him bad. Yeah, and that's why he's a sympathetic kind of you know. Um, villain in this sense so you you know you talk about his because, motivation yeah, and stuff when you meet him as a man you don't see any villainous traits mm. kind of thing i mean you can interpret obviously the the death of of his um, wife of rosie yeah. who and played by donna murphy mm. who has pretty high billing in terms of the credits of hmm. this even though she's in only like two scenes right. but again um, she does good for for what what she's doing here. Mm. Um, use that as motivation, but again, you're like you're right. It is the inhibitor chip taking over the control. Like it's the tentacles talking mm. to him and controlling him and, yeah. and pretty much in charge. Mm. Um, which is which is and and you can just use it as just sort of like simple brainwash. Mm. But the movie tricks you in thinking that it's like he is angry. Is mm. um you know. He has nowhere else to go. He only has... Well, he only has... His only maybe, purpose is this experiment. That's but maybe it's more purpose. like... It's because he doesn't have that love anymore. He's got nothing else except this renewable, you know, power source and all of that. Yeah. That he allows... He allows the, the tentacles to sort of take over. Yeah. Like, because of everything that's going on, he's actually become a weaker person that he allows it. Yeah. It's not until later on where he's given sort of hope again of like... Like, you're better than this that he then yeah. takes charge so I think if you interpret his motivation as that rather mm. than like like oh he's sad he's angry he just wants to do it like no it's not him it's the tentacles but because of all the other stuff that's going on he actually has nothing Doesn't have else the ability to stop that it. he's in a shit place yeah um you know he probably couldn't perform either just like uh just like Peter Parker couldn't. <laughs> but <laughs> but it is a case of yeah so he loses his wife the experiment fails everything and so the only thing that he has for his own personal redemption in his mind is don't let it be all in waste. We need to get this experiment off the ground. We need to make exactly, it work. Exactly, and that's the, the argument the arguments that yeah. the tentacles make him yet through Alfred Molina, and he's selling it hmm. through his interaction with his tentacles, yeah. his conversation. It's like, it would be a waste for all of this to, to mean nothing. It's yeah. like... She, she gave her life for nothing kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. so like it'd, it'd be a shame to, to not, not go through with this. But you know, with that... With that scene, you know, where they're having tea or dinner, whatever, mm. they're, whatever they're doing, it's such a nice scene. You know, at first, it's sort of like a bit of a disconnection between mm. Otto and Peter, but then you know they have this sit down, and I like this scene. It is almost like watching Peter interact with almost like parental figures 
mm. that he's never had. You know, yeah. obviously he had his aunt and uncle, but you know, obviously a lot older. Yeah. These are two, you know, like a man of science, and then obviously yeah. you've also got influence of, like you said, like the the, the philosophy literature yeah. side of things. It's sort of like these two intelligent human beings. Mm. They're married. They're on the same level. Very in love. Yeah. He's inspired. He's like. Yeah. You know and. And right, rightfully so. Like they're they're his people. They're you know it's an. In, in, you, it is you have a, love, you have a loving relationship of his aunt and uncle, yeah. but they're not on the same level intellectually. Not intellectually, wrong way of putting it. More about just the industries and the worlds they live in. They yeah. live in different worlds. That's why I think it's just more influence of like, you know, again, like he doesn't have these people in his life. He doesn't have these parental mm. figures. Mm. Um, that it's like to be sitting here and having these conversations, he can sort of express himself a little bit more and talk about like, mm. what's your love life going like? What's happening? But yeah, and he's just like, you know, and he's willing to open up to them. Yeah. I, know, I think the scene means a lot more than than just setting up Otto's character and yeah and all that. But of course, the, you know, like once once we get the birth of, of, of Doc Ock, mm. you know, like the, even just the... Now, if we talk about Spider-Man Early Home, yeah. CGI... And it looks good in oh, it that does. movie. Yeah, you know, we're talking eighteen years later. Like, mm. yeah, yeah, special effects have come a long way. Like, and it does look good. Mm. But damn, they like we're talking practical stuff here. Yeah, is... well, the pra- it's a practical. The special effects are incredible. Like, they they were certainly. So the way I was reading it is, it's puppet. It's four different puppeted tentacles mm. and they're puppeted individually yeah I think I think um, Alfred Molina actually named yeah, the it, tentacle based on the puppeteers like yeah, there was like it. a female one and yeah then... so there was the, the tentacle names were Flo, Mo, Larry and Harry Flo was the top right and that's the one that's responsible for like grabbing his glasses and doing the more right, gentle okay. things and yeah. that was also a female puppeteer so he called that one Flo <laughs> but anything where he's on his own power, like his power so he's using his legs yeah that's all puppets and practical if it's it's obviously under the, if it's the weight like he's being lifted into the air, then all of that CG. Of course. And yeah. so they tried to, and they always tried for cost reasons. They tried to use the practical ones even with the elevated stuff because he was on an elevated rig. But if it just wasn't practical, that like possible to do it, then they input like CG. But mm-hmm. a lot of the times when you see those tentacles, they're they're made out of foam, but they obviously made to look like. Um, metal I mean, but a lot of it's practical it looked fantastic and then this villain like the choice of this villain not just uh, you know the character mm. but just the scenes that you end up getting and we're going to talk about a whole bunch mm. of them but just having these fire sequences with this you know Spider-Man's such a you know such an airborne kind of character like he's bouncing yeah. off walls um, I remember like from you know listening to the commentary it was like the idea was to make this movie a lot more vertical than yeah. the previous one. So we'd have, you know, like fights going up buildings. And with Dr. Octopus, you can do that. Mm. With the tentacles going everywhere. Spider-Man's got a whole lot of stuff to contend with. He's mm. such a perfect visual villain for Spider-Man yeah. to go up against. And mm. that's why it works so well. And the the sequences that they've got set up for them, and like they're not just greatly... I mean, it's because of the effects and what they managed to pull off that it, mm. they do look great. Yeah. And hence why, you know, watching the extended train fight scene is a blast. Yeah. It's just, it's it's good stuff. Um, there are some shots, though, you know, like when when they are, like, hanging off a building and suddenly 
not just the tentacles, but the actual actors themselves. And you know, of course, Spider-Man would be the same thing. But Alfred Molina becomes completely CGI. Yeah. Now there were some shots in the first Spider-Man movie where there was one hundred percent human figure mm. CGI, like with Tobey Maguire, you know, doing his thing, and it looked pretty distracting, especially mm. thrown on a big HD television, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I was watching these things, and I could tell, but they weren't as they weren't as terrible. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can tell, but they're pretty good. Mm. They're still mm. pretty decent. So again, all props to them. And again, they don't linger too long on those shots. They're mm. just sort of there and then it cuts back to like Alpha Melina close up against a wall or yeah. something. So it's like, okay, you, you guys are doing okay. But the special, the special effects and all that, you know, it's $200 million production. So you get you get what you pay for and, mm. you, and it is noticeable. I think that actually there was some production notes around it or something around... Um, they wanted to make the worst special effect in this movie to still be better than the best special effect in the first. That was, that the was their mentality. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's and it, and it shows. It really does. Yeah. You've also got here the score as well. So um, Danny Elfman has got this. He produced the score for the overall movie, but Doc Ock has his own. Yeah. Well, I figured we had we had spoken about the Spider-Man score before, so I figured yeah. the only real new thing here and of course there's probably you know the odd track here or there with with like new stuff of course but the main standout thing um you know doc ock has his mm. thing you know, it's, it's you know it's a very sort of monstrous almost like uh like some sort of beat you know like boom, boom mm. like big sort of sounds it works well mm. that's mm. all i gotta say i just thought we'd give him a shout out <laughs> <laughs> it does work well it does work and i think there's actually a few mo- motifs motifs that are present in the no way home Thing with Jim. That's Chan, right. right, like on the bridge scene. Yeah, um, so you get it reintroduced a little bit, which yeah. is kind of really cool touch. Yeah, cool little callbacks. Let's talk about some standout action sequences. Just chronologically, you want to go for it? I what? think chronologically is probably the best way. Um, usually, sometimes when we prep the when we prep the show, I'm sort of like, okay, do we just want to talk about the movie as we go? And I was like, I just found with this one, it was a little bit disjointed, but I figured here we go. We can just talk about all the the fantastic, all the cool stuff, all the cool stuff that's going on. Now, it's not till sort of later on in the movie where we start to get a lot of things, but one of the earlier really big mm. sequences, um, well, the, the fusion reactor, you know, like pretty much when when Doc Ock's experiment goes array um again mm. it's a cool little set it's just in this lab again it's a small location mm. but it's such a big sequence big energy beam lots of um lots of visuals going on you got the little tritium little thing that's like, it's yeah. like cool little sound effects as well like yeah. doo, 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 doo. it's it's um it's cool it's nifty that's great i like it for and some it, reason there's also daniel day kim who we know as Jin from lost yep. and he's, he's there but you, uh, we'll talk a little bit later about cameos. Like I put him down as a cameo, but a couple of the others as well. When you see them, you're like, oh, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> I think we mentioned him now, like whilst we're in this moment. Yeah. But again, a cool, just cool scene. And again, like you get mm. the, it's, it's like Rosie's death, the, the shards of glass. Again, yeah. Uh, Sam, I was going to say Sam Neil, Sam Raimi, mm. um, obviously known previously, you know, the horror, horror guy, all yeah. the things, you know, like. Um, uh, the Evil Dead, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The 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 moment with the with the shards of glass mm. flying towards Rosie, her screaming, mm. like horrific. Oh, totally horrific. Same with same with the scene of um, well, so yeah, that that's the scene. And the next one you got here on your list as well, which moves straight into that, which we're talking horror. So the surgery scene. Yeah. When they're trying to remove, so you got the accidents happen. Doc Ock is unconscious, and they got these. This is actually the only time where I don't really like that. Like the length of the tentacles is 
far too long for. It seems a lot bigger in, in that this room. Scene, yeah. But you got the doctors, but that it's a horror that in itself for a, you know, PG rated movie or whatever, that has got horror tones because you got these mechanical arms that are just destroying everybody. Have you seen the And you get dragged Have you claws seen the on Dead? the ground and stuff? No, I haven't. All right, so a, a, a very iconic sort of craft of Sam Raimi's sort of visual storytelling mm. is that first person kind of POV shot of right. um or there's bits where it's sort of like you become sort of like the I guess like the the, the demon spirit spirit thing, whatever it is. Right. I say spirit twice, doesn't matter. And as and it's like flying through the woods ah, right. and it has that sort of POV yeah. shot. That's the same thing you're getting through the point of view of the tentacles. Yeah. It's cool that you get like the split screens of them all. You mm. mentioned the the lady screaming with like the the, the nails on the ground, wax uh, a wax floor created yeah. that effect again. Very crafty. Yeah, this scene is is so removed from the rest of this movie. Yeah, but it also works as well. It almost oh, works seamlessly in it. It's just you get this mini horror movie, and again, mm. it's not it's not like violent. There's no blood. There's no gore, mm. but just. But they die. As people a, are dying. As a scene, it's mm. horrific. Yeah. The again, uh, yeah. You, you're probably if you're not familiar too much with the Evil Dead, like chainsaws, mm. things like that. The oh yeah, he's like a big saw trying to cut into it, isn't he? Yeah. Where the the yeah, the, just <laughs> from nowhere, like the hand coming out of the grave, kind of thing. Yeah. The chainsaw, like this is an amazing scene. Mm. Amazing, and you've got John Landis again, another just sort of. If we want to call it a cameo, like yeah, you know, like he's a director of multiple um, uh, little films. I've, I've forgotten the list, but yeah, there's a, a few notable things that he's directed. Mm. Obviously, an actor as well in his own right. Yeah, um, he he's just here, very small part, but yeah, you know, but it, it's cool. It's a great scene. It's and there's real terror in that room, <laughs> and everyone's getting just cut down. But yeah, I like I, I agree with what you're saying. Like that that um, I guess aesthetic that Sam Raimi has. You know, like yeah, the twang chains will just. In the air, it's like going to battle kind of thing. It's the shots of like you know someone staring at the camera, deadpan, you know, Mm. like spiking the camera, screaming. Yeah, (laughs) it's like it's Sam Raimi all over. Mm. It's it's beautiful. I cannot. It's like I'm doing the second movie. You've got to let me have one scene. I can't wait to see some horror things like this in Mm. Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. I I think that's gonna be. Oh, it's gonna be killer. Reckon we will. Sure. Well, they might do. There'll be some horrific things in yeah. there. Not some wacky, wacky things. But yeah, again, this fantastic, fantastic thing. All right, what else do we have? We, you know, you, you put down here the next one is the bank. And it is a good scene. That's where we have Avril Molina breaks into the bank and Aunt May is in there trying to get loan, yeah. a loan. So this is, I cover this as this whole thing. So you, you got the secret with the, with the loan. Joe McHale, again, another just random sort mm. of uh, little small role. He's there. Um, Pretty much telling out May that like you know, there's not enough sort mm. of um, equity, or equity or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Thing with the toaster and it's like again just disappointing her. You know, yeah. uh, something with a loan of three hundred or more. Yeah. God damn. You know, yeah, Aunt May gets to give John McHale a bit of a kick under the table. Yeah. Whoops. Um, this all leads to at the same time conveniently. Doc Ock is there breaking in. Mm. We've got actual money bags, which is just so... Like, you've got these vaults of just, like, why are there just, like, bags of coins? Yeah. <laughs> like, these gold coins. Like, yeah. what are these? But you it's get, so cartoony, It, it but is it's great. Like, and it's such a strange vibe with this movie, but it always works. But this is the same. Yeah, so Doc Ock's got his money bags. 
but then he's using the money bags as weapons when Spider-Man appears, like thing runs away and comes back. And then you get the old, you know, the the one-liners that Spider-Man's known for. It's like he grabs here's one of the change. bags, he goes, "Here's your change," and throws it back and hits him. And you're like, "Ah, it's cool." Again, the one the one criticism I've got with the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man is just like a lot of the quips feel very forced and just not <laughs> natural. But that they, one's all right. But though. they work. Like yeah. they're there. I just wish there was more of them, and they were. Yeah. But we do get that. <laughs> in the, in so the, we get those in the later ones as well. So it is good to see that that change. But. Yeah, but that was definitely one of the funny ones. Change to Doc Ock's face. Oh, no, he blocks yeah. it. Well, the tentacles block it. Yeah. But again, this all leads to Aunt May gets picked up by Doc Ock. Oh, you can interpret that in a different way. But <laughs> he's taken. There's a, there's a comic run where Doc Ock and Aunt May actually have a relationship, which is right. something else. But anyway, I don't think she's as old. As <laughs> but anyway, she gets involved in a, you know, a bit of a... Super villain capture and Spider Man mm. saves the day and, and she gets what so she pretty much gets yeah that's right because she's um she ends up by using her umbrella to hold onto the statue's hand yeah and it's an angel it's a nice little yeah. moment where she thanks the statue yeah and, you that's know right. it, it's kind of like yeah, she she believes in something that's good mm-hmm. but again, this is the first exposure that we get to Spider Man and Doc Ock with that vertical sort of yeah fighting up a building smashing through stuff again another chick screaming at the camera yeah. it's, it's 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 great yeah. almost like I, again, like a monster in the city, like people in an office. Yeah. But that's what the that same sound? thing happens in the, in the cafe, like when the, the car comes through the window mm. and then you've got people running away in the streets, but um, sort of MJ and Peter are like, what's going on? It's a bang, bang. In fact, that might even be my next one. Well, your, ne- your next big scene was, you're talking about the burning building. It's a great scene. Yeah, and look, a bit of a callback to... You know, like Spider-Man running through a burning building, much like yeah, in that mm. first film. This time, mm. it's just Peter Parker, and it, it's mm. this is where he starts to sort of have that conflict where it's like he still believes he can do something, although mm. there's no evidence of he no evidence of his powers yeah. in this scene. It is just Peter Parker doing mm. his thing. Um, I guess it becomes there's a bit more of a threat level in this. Yeah, you know, he saves. Um, he saves that little girl, little but then kiddo. that little girl saves him because he's mm. a bit useless. Yeah. But then even at the end of it, he saved this girl, but then he overhears, you know, like the fireman talking, and it's like there was someone else that could have been saved. But they oh, weren't. right, yeah. That's and then right. that that hits mm. him because it's like maybe if I was still Spider-Man, that person would still be alive. And yeah. that's just again, we're starting to much like the first half of the movie was setting up all these reasons why he should not be Spider-Man. Mm. When we're in this new act, it's it's all bits and pieces why he needs to it's be Spider Man. Yeah. So we're we're laying that groundwork. That's uh, good. And and and, and you know, ever as he's, I mean, there's a lot of real fire in there. And there's also a lot of CG fire. But it all looks really good. Yeah. But as he's running out of the door with the girl, like there's a real explosion that goes sets off, and like he really flinches. Have you seen anything around that that particular production moment? Was that a real explosion? It was a. Re- it was. It was. It was still meant to be happening, but it got him off guard. So it was a real like whoa <laughs> moment of where it's popping, and it's just a pop. But it's definitely a little moment of like whoa. <laughs> it's like, it's like, and again, it's like one of those where good shot, use it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that, that, De- definitely not redoing that so one. So authentic. Um, so yeah, that's a great scene. And then yeah, I was I was mentioned and just before uh, the the scene with. Um, uh, MJ being kidnapped in the cafe, but that's when his powers are kind of coming back. But that's like I was saying, well, with this the all... stomping and all of that. Yeah, I yeah. mean, this leads into the the train. Does it? No, the train's afterwards, doesn't it? 
Yes, well, it does lead into the train thing because this is the the oh, moment right. in the cafe yeah. is Doc Ock confronts Peter because he and he tells him tells Spider Man to confine yeah. me. Yeah. Using MJ as leverage for Peter Parker to do mm-hmm. that. Very yeah. convenient that, you know, that's, that it's MJ again. Yeah. Um, but he takes her, and that's the moment where, you know, Spider Man has the, you know, the epic moment. I mean, again, mm. it's that interaction with MJ and they kiss. Mm. And again, more fuel for my 13 year old brain to be like, mm. it's her love that gives him powers because that's when his <laughs> spider sense kicks back in yeah. and he senses the car coming through the, through the window. Again, what an amazing shot. Oh, it's so it. amazing. And I'm pretty sure that tire skidded across his face. But you know, it's all good. He's fine. It's actually, that's my favorite scene. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty epic. But again, she's taken, he's standing in the street. His glasses aren't working anymore. So mm. he just drops them. He doesn't need them. And that's yeah. when you know. He's back. Man's back, baby. He's back. he's back. And of course, he you know gets the suit back on and he's going after Doc Ock. Mm. I get the, he steals the suit off JJ. Like, oh yes, the <laughs> all of that, all of that. The um, mm. the shot of like Spider-Man's on his way, mm. and it's just this like pan through the city, and it turns into like Doc Ock's reflection in his glasses. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty epic. Oh, it's pretty brilliant. And then we're, Spider-Man's we're coming towards him. Mm. Again, we get more fight on this uh, this building, this clock tower type thing. Yeah, leads to the leads to the train, and for some reason mm. in this universe, we've got, um, you know, a train system above ground. But that's okay. <laughs> it's all good. It allowed for this epic scene. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, what can you say? Doc mm. Ock, Spider Man fighting on a train. Mm. It's moving. Mm. Uh, they're on top of it. They're inside it. They're going. Yeah. I sound like I'm describing a sex scene, but that's how the scene <laughs> makes me feel. That's it's, uh, <laughs> like a locomotive. I did, say you, I did say you had an obsession, so here we are. It's, it's deep. It's deep. <laughs> um, but so that's that's told. So yeah, the choreography, all that, it's worth celebrating. But for me, it's the end of that scene that's the best part of it, which is. You know, you know, you got the train. It's about to roll off the edge of the track oh, yeah, or something. He slows it down, and it's you know pure, just superhuman strength that's doing yeah. it. Oh, and th- but his mask is off, and then they go like at that point, he's received by the, everybody on the train, yeah. and they're like, "No, your secret's safe, buddy. It's all good." I find he's just a kid, and you're like, "Sometimes oh. it depends what mood I'm in." Sometimes I find that scene so corny and cheesy, and I'm no, like, I love "Oh." It. I think like, this whole trilogy has got the so much because, corny yeah, and cheesy. Yeah, that's right. Like, it does all fit into the tone of, of these movies. Yeah. But I'm just like, ah, like someone there won't trust it. <laughs> won't, what can't be trusted, I mean. Oh, absolutely. It's New York, um, right? And, you know, so. like, it's, it's actually Tobey Maguire's two brothers who give him the mask. Oh, right. Which okay. is, like, we've, we found this, like, this is yours. Yeah. Again, we're talking about all these iconic things. You know, we mentioned Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. How many callbacks to hmm. Spider-Man stopping a train with his arms out, you know, with the web and all of that? Mm. Like, that's from this movie, and it's pretty epic. Yeah. You know, the first of, you know, the first of many, um, you know, like Spider-Man, hmm. you know, ugly faces and, and then stuff oh, like I mean, that. Oh, man, it's... you guys are not a good-looking dude when he does those kind of things. When he's <laughs> crying. Like, he's an ugly crier. He's an ugly stressor. Like... But the whole idea is, you know, seeing a superhuman, like he's using his feet to slow down a train while holding onto his yeah. webs. Like, it's I like pretty that, amazing. I like that he has multiple different attempts mm. at it and the first few don't work. Like, mm. And eventually he's just like, I just need to web the shit out yeah. of the buildings. Yeah. Like, and rip them all down around us as we're doing it. But there's, there's so much going on. Like even before that, you know, like 
I'm sorry, I just keep going backwards, but it's like, you know, like Doc Ock's throwing people out of the train. Yeah, and he's trying to catch them. He's dealing with so much. And then, of course, he just ends. And when he eventually does stop that train, he's just like, I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to take a nap right here. What's the thing? Because he doesn't actually stop it on the track. It rolls over a little bit. But it's enough to to stop stop the momentum. And then, yeah, but it's the. Again, it's. Once again, that callback to the, that, that first film with the people on the ferry, mm. the people of New York City defending their hero. It's, it's this moment now. Mm. Like, again, you've just got these New Yorkers and they're like, mm. we got you, man. Yeah. And it's like, oh, he's just a kid. But it's yeah. like, no, no, no. Like, your secret's safe with us. Like, you saved us. You're yeah. all good. Again, depends on what mood I am. I'm like, that's so epic. But then sometimes that's so corny and cheesy. I definitely see the corny cheesy, but I, I like it. I just think it's, mm. I guess... If anything, it's just going to reinforce him that he's doing the right thing. Yeah. You know? Like, he's like, no, nah, I'm doing it for a city that we, like, I love the city and, and they, they respect me and this is... But then you got, you got Doc Ock that rocks up again mm. and he's like knocking fools. And yeah. people, and even then, people are like, you've got to go through us first. Like, yeah. You know, and this part of us are like, no, nah, guys, like, <laughs> yeah. you'll die. Set aside, I got this, I got this. And yeah, yeah. Doc Ock knocks him out. And again, Doc Ock isn't there... Like his intention isn't actually to hurt any of. No, it's to distract him, and, and he yeah. just wants Spider-Man. So yeah. he knocked him out, and then I'm assuming everyone on that train were fine because he. We next see Spider-Man yeah. uh, woken up later on. We would never know. But we eventually get you know all is said and done. You know mm. we're at the warehouse, and again just another big scene. The reactor's activated. Mm-hmm. You know Mary Jane's there. Peter, I told you I'd flip back and forth. Um, you know like Spider-Man, you know is mm. stopping him and. You know they have a bit of a they have a bit of a fight, but I think the main the big fight was that train. Mm. So here we can spend a bit more time with like just Spider Man talking to Doc Ock and then yeah. reasoning with him. So even though there's this whole thing going on, mm. it's eventually you know like Doc Ock's redemption. He takes the thing into the the river. Mm. And again, it's 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 pretty epic because this thing's like over overloading. You're like, mm. oh, what's going on? Again, a big set piece in this like dinky warehouse, yeah. and it just sinks into the river. Yeah. Pretty epic. Pretty amazing. And then, yeah, you get that that last little bit of um, that redemption of, of Doc Ock. Like, he, you would have said that before that line where he's just like, I'm not going to die a monster. It's like, mm. I'm going to, I'm taking myself out and we're going to stop this. I'm going to go. It's just a shame in No Way Home. Like, well, not a shame, but he comes back just before that. Like the way when they grab him again, it's it's a, it's like it's so annoying. when he goes back, is he just gonna die? <laughs> uh, yes, he's already re- I, redeemed, but yes. he's just gonna die. Every yes, every single one of them will probably just die because they're at the time of their death. Again, it was really annoying because I'm like, okay, cool, we're giving these characters an opportunity to redeem themselves, and it's like, but we already got that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, how you want me to enjoy anyway? Yeah, so let's not go down that that hole. Lastly, with with all the standout things, yeah, you know, as cool as it was seeing Spider Man swing around in that first movie, mm. there is something about his swinging in this movie, and I don't think it's been rivaled ever since. Right, the swinging, generally speaking, all the swinging scenes throughout the city in this movie mm. are fantastic. They're yeah. amazing. They're brilliant. I love them. They, he does lots of. It's not just like their legs down and stuff. Like in the end, that after when he's you know, she says, go get him, Tiger, or whatever, mm. and that way he goes. He's also just doing, like, weird, like, wee, like, legs out kind oh, of thing. He's just, yeah, like, doing crazy fun. swings well, and stuff. Happy. I like yeah. happy, happy Spider-Man swinging. But it's, like, there's a lot more, of like, travelling with him, like, where, where the camera's moving with him. Mm. Where we're dipping, we're rising, we're going through buildings, we're going through trucks. 
yeah okay i agree i agree yes the, the swinging it, it definitely it looks good that it's it choreographed really really well um and it's got weight to it as well like you they've like done really good with the physics of it all and all that stuff so um i think yeah it's great do you want to talk about the ending of this movie Okay, yeah. So where does this movie, where does this movie end us all? Mm. Oh, end and us all. What? All right. Where does this movie end with with everything? All right. If we mm. backtrack a little bit, because I know we talked uh, about a few scenes, but if we go back to where Peter Steele, like, okay, what am I doing? Yeah. Do I need to be Spider Man? Yes or no? It really that the scene with Aunt May. You know, like we we mentioned. Oh well, no, we didn't mention it. Mm. You know, Peter reveals to her that she that he um. You know, he kind of has bearing of the responsibility of Uncle Ben being killed. Yeah. You know, like he he lied about where he was going. Mm. Aunt May sort of doesn't take that well. However, when we next see them together, she's like, I'm going to move past it. Yeah. It's all good. It's water under the bridge, over the dam, whatever you want to call <laughs> yeah, it. Whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, nice exchange. This is post her being rescued by Spider Man. She now has mm. a bit of a different outlook, you know, like, and she talks, what she's saying, you know, it's all about. Um, you know, everyone, we need a, you know, we do need a hero, you yeah. know, saving old girls like me. And, and mm. it's like, and she says to him, it's almost as if I always believed that a little part of her knew. Well, I've written here in my notes. So I said, cause I rewatched it just kind of before we, um, we recorded this particular scene. I was like, just to be clear, she knows because she's looking at him going, we need him. Where is he? Yeah. Or <laughs> like using the kid as sort of like, yeah. a, you know, like, it's like he needs his hero. Yeah, yeah. Where is his he's hero? Like, he's gone. Or whatever. And he says to him, like, look, so blanking his, in, like to his face, you know, like, I believe there's a hero in all of us. So my know? interpretation is she knows. She knows. I always took it like that. She didn't know yeah. at the start, but she's figured it out somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think she probably just sees it in him and, mm. and all of that. So again, that's one major factor in him sort of, Mm. You know, going towards having a need to go back as, as Spider Man. Eventually, when he does realize that he, he needs to do it, he, mm. you know, you know, like he, he, he goes to the top of that building, and you know, he wants a strong focus yeah. on what he wants. Mm. That's that's his, his. That's the thing he's telling himself. We get the first look at the, yeah. at the ugly Peter Parker face from Tom McGuire as he's yeah. running the. Very, very terrible. He has the jump. Such an unfortunate face. I'm so sorry, Toby. He but. thinks he's ready to, to be back and it doesn't really work. You know, I'm back, I'm back. And he falls. Yeah. He's like, ah, oh, my back. back. Oh, and my this, back. Is a, this is a joke because he... Shooting for this film was actually delayed a little bit because Toby McGuire mm. actually had a bit of a back injury. Mm. Again, I think they call back to on um, In No Way Home as well. Mm. But uh, yeah, a bit of a joke Yeah, they there. definitely do. <laughs> um, but he's obviously telling himself then that he needs to become Spider-Man again even though he's not quite there and again when yeah. we get to that scene at the cafe mm. and he's telling Mary Jane that it's like you know even though before I was telling you I'm, I'm good now he's like nah I'm no, backtracking I'm again yeah. so she's just like get the f out like yeah. you mother but then it's still it's, it's still like do you love me or not and they kiss again problematic it's like she's engaged man look what's going on but yeah. you know it's all fine because they're the couple we're rooting for yeah um Jameson. Now, look, we haven't is talked it, much about the uh, the J.K. Simmons, the and... the Daily Bugle, all that kind of stuff. They're there. We're pretty much in the same characters. They're delightful. It's great. It's fantastic. It all really shots, is. All the scenes in the Daily Bugle are fantastic. But Jameson, it is cool and funny to see a scene where, you know, like Doc Ock's kidnapped, you know, like MJ and hmm. you know, like his son's fiance, and he admits he's like, 
Spider-Man would be the only one that could save yeah, him. We've turned him away. Like, yeah, we we like, shouldn't have done it. And like, then yeah, he has that moment of like regret and honesty. And then Spider-Man steals his suit back. And it's like, he's a menace! He's like, he's a menace! <laughs> yeah. Well, I, can't, yeah, I won't stop him until he's sued or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, complete... Sort of, it's... it's a cool little, yeah, little little touch. Little moment. Um, we already mentioned briefly, like, Doc Ock's redemption mm. before. You know, so we don't need to dwell on it too much. But, again, it's a moment where Peter and Doc Ock just have a conversation. And he, you know, tends mm. to his tentacles. He's like... You listen to me now, you know. Yeah. It's, it really is. And like they submit like they're, they're really well articulated too. Like as in, <laughs> they're, like, they're, they're puppets. But yeah, they're, yeah, they, you can see them not drop down and they're a bit submissive because oh, like, they challenge him for a second. He goes no, and no, like, oh. no. Yeah, like he's yeah. because I think what I was saying earlier. It's like I think now like Peter's reminding him about like science, the privilege of it all. Mm. It's not a right like the intelligence. Like and it's like you got that. You've still got your intelligence. Like you've still got something to to speak for and work towards mm. and, and do wonderful things in the world. And it's like, yeah, like this shouldn't be my legacy. So he, yeah, he makes that, makes that sacrifice and he, 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 he he's able to take charge again, yeah. but of course dies in the bottom of the river. Very sad. But saving the day. Yeah, saving the day. Saving the day. Um, there's a moment with uh, Harry learns the, the truth. truth. Yep. So, you know, unmasks him, everything that's been, now look, we haven't talked much about Harry. Like, for the most part, in this movie, he's a bit of a whiny bitch for the whole time. I'll admit it. But I mean, it's it, again, it's it's used as fuel to get under, you know, like to yeah. really beat Peter up about it. So then he, he makes his decision to give up being Spider-Man, and then eventually, at the end of it, and again, I like how it's like there's all this bullshit going on, and mm. Peter just says to him, "It's like there is more going on than me and you." Like he basically mm. says to everyone, like that the. the the Harry resentment mm. thing towards Spider-Man and towards me now, like, this is the B story. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. we've got to deal with the A story. So can we put a pin in it, come yeah. back to it in the sequel? And Harry's like, all right. <laughs> so, but, but it's also interesting, that, you know, when we're saying at the top where um, you got these B plots kind of threaded in and stuff, the reason why Harry finds out about Peter is because Doc Ock needs the tritium. The tritium yep. And so that's the agreement. They get Spider-Man. So it all kind of comes, always kind of comes yeah, back. He doesn't and then, discover and him Peter by accident. Just through it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so without Doc Ock, there wouldn't have been um, the identity of Peter being given away or yeah. anything like that. Like, but at the same time, Doc Ock wouldn't, or like uh, Otto wouldn't have become Doc Ock without Harry funding him. The, the research, so again, it's yeah. To him, and Harry wouldn't be in a position to fund it if. Norbert Osborne hadn't died. died. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's all. There's a little layered little onion ah, that we've got there, but um, <laughs> it's a layered onion. <laughs> but um, yeah. So you you get Harry learns the truth, and you get a little um, uh, Willem Dafoe cameo, little tidbit. Um, he actually wasn't even meant to be in it. Yeah, I heard something about like. Yeah, he's just walking past the set. He went yeah. in to go say hello, and they're like, "Hey." Like they were <laughs> filming <laughs> nearby his apartment or something that yeah. he was living at the time, and he was, he went to visit just to say hello. Yeah, because he knew it was happening. He wanted to say hello to every, the cast and everything. And yeah, and they were just like, "Well, actually, like, this works." Oh, it's yeah, good because and then yeah. they they bring him back again in the third film again mm. as a hallucination, and it works well, and it's good setup mm. for the next thing. When I was doing this rewatch, I was thinking, I was like, if this movie was made now, mm. the scene where Harry, you know, like, he's sitting there, mm. the whole sequence, it plays like a post credit scene. Mm. 
And I'll sit down and I'll be like, yeah, this would definitely be better. Does. It does, yeah. It would be. Because suddenly it's like, it's all very quiet. Because again, this is all after like the fight with Doc Ock and stuff. And yeah. you cut back to, to Harry and he's sitting there. And then suddenly he hears the laughter and it's sort of going, oh my God, what's this? Yeah. I'm like, this is all post-credit. This all feels like yeah, a post-credit Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? And then it's like, it. Norman Osborn's there. So it's like, oh, Willem Dafoe cameo in the, in the post-credit scene. Wow, like, cool. And that's like, oh, now Harry discovers the truth. Yeah. Again, sets up for the next film. This is a post-credit scene, but before. Yeah. Um, sort of thing. Now, and I remember... Credits. I actually remember watching... When I you know, first watched this movie, one of the criticisms I had was, I was like, no, oh, this movie set up this, the next one too much. Mm. I was like, I would rather, like, you know, just sort of discover things naturally. It was like, ah, oh, you know, yeah, everyone knows who Peter is now. And like, mm. oh, now it sets up Harry for the next movie. And I was like, oh... Watching it now, I don't give a shit. Like, it works well. It works yeah. fine. But maybe that was me sort of honing and being like, maybe it should have been in a yeah. post-credit scene. Well, I mean, looking at it now, yeah, retrospectively, for sure, I think it would definitely be that way now, for sure. Did you notice, though, after this scene, after Harry discovers, you know, like, the truth about his father, you know, Green Goblin stuff, mm. you know, the, the secret little lab and all that, when mm. you next see him at the wedding, he's got a green bow tie. No, I did not he notice it. He has a green bow tie. I was like, this is ridiculous. Oh, God. But perfect. Am I asking? No, I didn't. That but means that... he's evil and he's a goblin. Yes. <laughs> That's what that means. Oh, well, well played, Sam Raimi. He's a green goblin. Um, and at the end, you know, we've got MJ. She says no. Well, she just runs away from her wedding. And you get that... What song is it? She's running through the... I can't remember which one it is. But anyway, it's, it's, it's just like the wedding. Kind oh, it is, of yeah. Dun, 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 but yeah, it's like really amped up. Like, yeah. So she's having a good time, laughing. Then she rocks up and she's in his doorway. Kind of always been in his doorway, kind of thing. Um, And she just said, yeah, what she just says, look, I understand there's danger, but I get to make my choice too. Yeah, so like, why I is made it your it. decision? It's, it's yeah. mine. Like... And then they finally kiss. Then you hear sirens. And she's like, go get him, Tiger. Yeah. And you're like, and that's her last line kind of thing. And then uh, and off he goes. There's actually so much to this scene, even though, again, it's mm. very, very... I mean, of course, it's it's epic that it's like, you know, MJ's made the decision. She's like, nope, nope I know who you are. And it's like, I'm I'm cool with that. Mm. <laughs> you know, mm. like... And again, it hasn't been a case of she's been pining over Spider-Man. Mm. Um, if anything, she actually hasn't had... She hasn't had much interaction with Spider-Man in this movie at all until mm. sort of at the very end. It has all been the... I'm pretty sure I'm still in love with Peter Parker, even mm. though he's a douche and um, you know, yeah. and I've got resentment there and all that kind of stuff. But she she makes that this because now I think now she understands. Oh, this is an answer to all the stuff yes. <laughs> that, that's been going on. I get it. And the the line, the delivery of you know, like the isn't about time someone saved your line. It just puts a cap yeah. on Peter's journey, his arc through this film mm. of like he's been trying to handle everything himself. Mm. He's tried an alternative way. Yeah. He's gone back, but he's still... I think by the end of this movie, he's like, okay, I'm still actually in the same position. Mm. I'm Spider-Man again because I have to be. Life's mm. still pretty rough. Yeah. And then MJ's there being like, hey, here's one solution. Hey, I can help you. Let's yeah, do this. Here's one thing I can fix, and that's, you know, like... Make this decision for you. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like her... She's saving him because it's like, that's one aspect. He's still got a few other things to deal with, mm. but that's okay. Like rent? And we'll get there. Like rent? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We'll have to find out in Spider-Man 3 how the rent goes. How does he, how does he handle it? <laughs> um, but the, again, the line of, you know, go get him, Tiger. Mm. Like uh, the first time Peter meets MJ in the comics, you know, like it's, it's he's heard about you know, their neighbour's daughter, all mm. this kind of stuff throughout May, and it's like, oh, who is this chick? Oh, blind date, blah, blah, blah. She gets to his door, 
and it's this wonderful set of panels where it's like face it tiger you just hit the jackpot yeah like because she's super hot and she's just like we're going on a date like i'm a couch like you're so lucky Mm. but it's always been that nickname that tiger thing so i just loved it when she's like get him tiger yeah fantastic but then when he leaves you know he swings it's pretty again we another epic spider-man swinging through the city helicopters Helicopters everywhere yeah that's good but cuts back to mj's face Mm. and even though she's she's made this call and she's you know like Mm. I'm, I'm choosing this life it cuts to her again she's just like fear yeah it's fear. she's like oh shit like I yeah. like oh no <laughs> like yeah. now I've got to oh god <laughs> like yeah. she, she's worried she's like okay now I've got to care and fear that he might not come back yeah <laughs> like so, this yeah. is really, oh this is the life it's a very good way of progressing that like yeah like, you get a cool bliss moment of love and romance yeah, and it's like, I'll be there and all it's that a happy and then this moment of also oh like, shit Hang on. It's not going to be as easy as, yeah. as you'll think it is. And that's where the movie pretty much ends. Yeah. We're ready for Spider-Man 3. Yeah. In a few years. Straight away. Well, two, two or three years later, but pretty much straight away, right? Um, we mentioned before there's, heaps, there's plenty of cameos and stuff. Do you want to drop a couple of these ones in there? Yeah, some of them are just so random. And, and maybe it might be the case of, like, they were just not as well known back then mm. and you know now we just recognize them but just people worth mentioning because there are cameos emily deschanel you know bones mm. um she's the she's a receptionist we get the very iconic pizza time yeah you're late yeah <laughs> you know and it's free gum. yeah uh, it's it's i'm not paying for those like yeah. again a great little moment um sam raimi actually has a cameo in this movie i didn't know you that. did not know so when when peter's in the in the courtyard of the college and you know he drops all his books and stuff and there's mm. people walking past and they're hitting him with his bag he's like the third I think the third guy that walks past and hits him <laughs> with his bag <laughs> that's director Sam Raimi right there that's Sam cool. Raimi's car which appears in every Sam Raimi film uh, makes a reappearance again oh. at the Park of Revenants. of course Uncle Ben's car so it makes sense that it's there Yeah, uh, Bruce, Bruce Campbell. Campbell he's in it again Snooty was... Usher this time. That's right. So he was in the, in in the first one. He was the ringleader. Yeah, the wrestling announcer yeah. guy. So what's Snoot... he in the third one? We we'll mention it when we do it. But um, he's the the Mater Day. Yeah, right. Yeah, the, uh, the French. Yeah, Mater Day at the restaurant. But he's a big um because he's him and uh, Sam Raimi a big collaborators, I guess. Yes, I expect him to be in Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness as well. Oh, imagine if he could be cool. Wouldn't that be cool? So we see Stan, Stan Lee. Uh, he he's outside the bank. He saves a woman from getting crushed by concrete. Yeah. So no. Oh yeah. No dialogue. Oh, does he have dialogue? I, don't I think he says get out of the way or something. Or, or watch something. out. Yeah. And, just yeah. a very quick like just grabbing someone. Again, yeah. these are the early early days. Doctor Strange. You mentioned the uh, the name only thing mm-hmm. when they're trying to name Doctor Octopus. Yeah. Doc Ock. Doctor Octopus. Doctor Strange. That's a good one. Yeah. It's yeah. already taken. It's already though. taken. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, nice little, nice little tongue-in-cheek thing. And again, funny, Sam Raimi is about to, well, he has directed the the next Doctor Strange mm. film. So there you go. All fun stuff. I mentioned Tobey Maguire's brothers on the train already. They're the two kids. There's also a number of other actors. You might be familiar with them or you might not. Who knows? But a few um, faces on the train. Mm. Some of them don't even have dialogue. Some of them do. Um, Joey Diaz, Dan Hicks, Chloe Dixtra, Phil Lamar, and Joy Bryan all appear on the train. Mm. And this next one is debatable and I still couldn't find any concrete stuff. Mm. Thomas Jane. I couldn't find it. Who played the Punisher. Mm. Same year, 2004. Um, he only played it once then they moved on from him yeah there, there were there's this guy okay when MJ's running f- 
from the church. She's in a wedding dress. She runs past the fountain and this guy and he looks back. Looks like Thomas Jane. People have said that is Thomas Jane. The story behind it is he was he was on set or nearby around the time and they were right. just like, hey, do you just want to have a quick walk on mm. thing? Not necessarily playing, you know, Frank Any... Castle or the Punisher mm. or anything like that, but... You know, just that's me that way. You know, it's just a quick little I, thing. I had a bit of a goo because I didn't pick it up, and I yeah. still didn't really kind of pick it up. People, but. other things have been saying that that's debunked. It's not actually him. It's just mm. some guy. Some places are saying it's his stunt double, mm. who obviously looks like him. Yeah, I don't really know, but again, I couldn't actually find any concrete thing saying it is Thomas Jane. Although it hella looks like him, and I've always believed it was him. So I'm going to stand by it, but don't hold me for it because again, the internet could not tell me otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, definitely didn't tell me. One thing I'd say when I'm talking about cameos and stuff with Doctor Strange coming up, I wonder if we're going to see Ted Raimi. So Ted Raimi, he is, often appears in um, Sam Raimi stuff as well. But given that we've got it's the multiverse and there's the shared MCU like across these properties now, yeah, it completely wouldn't surprise me if there's an element that somehow throws back to this universe. If we could sit here and speculate, which is always fun yet dangerous. Again, speculation versus expectation. Leave your speculations at the door, everybody. Or expectations. Something like leave, that. You've got to leave, leave your expectations at, at the door. Leave the expectations at the door. That's what yeah. you should do. Either way, everything stays at the door. Maybe like there's a scene where they're you know they're they're jumping through multiple different mm. um, universes. Maybe you know like Doctor Strange. You know like when you, you go into like the the, the magical dimension thing that they're always yeah. in. Maybe they're like flying past like a building window, but it's the Daily Bugle. Yeah. You don't see any other staff. Maybe just Ted Raimi there yeah. looking out the window being like, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And I wouldn't be surprised given that it's Sam Raimi's brother, but you know, there's an existing character now mm. in this, technically in this continuity. So, I'd, do you know what I'd love? We'd see Bruce Campbell. We'll see Ted Raimi. Do you know what I love? If if there is going to be, I'm guaranteed there'll be a, a Bruce Campbell cameo. But remember the rumors of like the intention with Bruce Campbell with this original trilogy was for him mm. to play eventually Mysterio. Ah, oh, right, right. Yeah. But it never eventuated, obviously, because they rebooted and all that kind of stuff. Mm. I'm thinking. Am I, okay, so Mysterio is a character in the MCU already, right? Mm. What if there's like some sort of convention of like fans people in costumes we had a bruce campbell in a cosplaying mysterio Mysterio costume i think that would be perfect oh i mean and they they've got the ability and i would not be surprised if they do it you know like i just came up with that then i haven't put thought forever i was just thinking i was like (laughs) that would be cool so if that happens that would be pretty nifty well we said expectations at the Uh, door obviously it doesn't look he just needs to show up and i'll be like yes there he is but of course if you will be on we'll be on campbell watch i thought that'd be perfect for a cameo Mm. i think that would that would be fun because this would be the place to do it Mm. Um, and again it wouldn't even have to do anything with the multiverse it's just literally just a touch a group of people just Mm. (laughs) like cosplaying yeah and it's an easter egg for people who've been following it for a little while well that's it that's brilliant well look we've covered everything we would usually do an, a, a bit of a quiz break. Do you want to do a quiz? Oh, I thought you were going to say, but we, we aren't going to. What, what is going on? Yes, let's... So what we would usually do, well, what we used to do was do 10 questions in approximately 60 seconds. Um, we, we really do stretch that out now. But um, right now, it's actually my turn to ask Jason some questions. Um I'm going to try to stump him, but I reckon he's probably going to get 100%. No, probably we, we can't 110%. Use that. We can't use that conf- what we just have about expectation? Let's, <laughs> <laughs> Let's um, not get too cocky. So, we'll, um, 
Yeah, if you're ready to go, Jace. Bring it on. I'm ready. Let's right. go. Pull Ten it. questions. Ten questions in approximately 60 seconds. Here we go. Question one. What was the first job that Peter got fired from? Um, a pizza delivery guy at Joe's Pizza. Joe's Pizza. Is indeed. Late, always late. All right, question two. <laughs> is it nuclear fusion or nuclear fission? What's nuclear fusion? Two different things. Fusion or fission? Fusion. Fusion. Yeah, yeah. it is. Um, Correct. Peter's... Uh, your paper on fusion is, yeah. is coming up. That Mr. Connor kind of says. All right. Question three. Uh, what does Doc Ock throw at Peter and MJ in the cafe? A car. He does. I was, I was like, I can't give you the brand of car. No, that's, that's all right. <laughs> um, question four. What does Stan Lee do in his cameo? Well, he, he saves a lady. He does. Grabs her out of the way of uh, falling debris. Yeah. Uh, he often does. <laughs> question five. Um, what does Aunt May use to hold herself up? Umbrella, from, yes, or umbrella a statue book. of an angel. If well, it's actually both technically. There you go. Man. Yeah, you're going to get all of these. Um, oh, you might not get this one. Question six, Jason. What is um, Harry's butler's name? Uh, Bernard Houseman. Oh damn! <laughs> I thought I was going to get you on that one. All right. Um, Do you want me to tell you who he's played by as well? No, it's fine. <laughs> uh, give, me, give me, give me a sec. I feel like John Paxton. John Paxton. Oh, okay, right. I wasn't looking at my notes when I said his name, just to be, just to be clear. Okay. Um, question seven. What? Um, what? Uh, how much does Aunt May give Peter for his birthday? I believe it's twenty dollars. It is twenty dollars. Yeah, yeah. Purposefully spoke about it in the episode. <laughs> uh, what's the name of the element that Doc Ock really needs to for his reaction? Tritium. It is. Wow, you are going to get this one. Um, oh, here we go. What does Joe, uh, J. Jonah uh, Jameson uh, tell his wife to stop the caterer from opening? The caviar. Oh, God. He's done it. Do you want me to tell you the name? Her name? Get going. Okay, I forgot. Deborah. Deborah. Cool. Yeah, call Deborah. Right. Caterer? Tell her to not to open the caviar. Okay. Right. <laughs> and the last one. What's MJ's last line in the whole movie? Go get him, Tiger. Correct. It oh, is. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. wanted to see if I could stab you on that. You've done it again. You've only done it once before, but you. Just I had all these other crazy things. I made note. I was like, Peter's apartment is five oh one. No, I wasn't going to go. <laughs> was like... Wasn't going to go that crazy. But there you go. Ten out of ten. But it's not a surprise at all because you do know this movie in and out. Um, so in saying that, now that you've completely just blown me out of the water with my quiz. I'm going to say that that's pretty much our review. It's time to give our own personal personal takes on it. Do you want to go first? Um, yeah. Look, let's not let's not sugarcoat it. I think I rated the first one pretty highly, but I still gave it some room to grow. Mm. This movie fills in all the blanks. Mm. Um, you, you know, like again, when we were talking about that first movie, I was talking about like. I feel the new criticisms I had. You know, like watching it. You know, now is sort of like sort of the the sort of tone and like it is kind of, you know pretty mm. cheesy and even though yeah. in this movie I found a few moments like that something about just the style of this film and the tone and the balance it just works a lot better in this that I don't have those criticisms coming in mm. um so that on top of everything we've already praised this this movie for and again a lot of people agree you know like yeah. the 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 villain the balance of action and emotion the yeah. um the pacing the the storylines everything i you know just the internal conflict that peter's actually dealing with in this movie this is a perfect 
superhero comic book movie, and this is a perfect Spider-Man movie. Mm. I, you know, I, I will, in, I can enjoy the newer ones on different levels and enjoy them heaps. And I'm never, I'm not going to say, you know, like I'm not going to say this is the best because you know it's always debatable, and I guess it really depends on how I felt at the time. Yeah. But I'm giving this a five out of five mm-hmm. because this is. This is just a, it's it's a perfect, perfect. Spider-Man comic yeah. book superhero movie, um, and it, it's one of the early ones as well, which is just more reason to give it the praise that it deserves. Yeah, cool. Well, I agree. Like, don't really need to touch on anything because you've already kind of covered it. But this one for me is a five out of five as well. I mean, Tobey Maguire's ugly face, like, that's <laughs> not enough to drop down the rating. If anything, I'd give it more points for that because this was the start. <laughs> when he's like, when he's pulling the train, like, constipated Peter meme, is... Meme is face. The meme, meme, face. meme face. But no, that's... Um, so many memes. Pizza time. <laughs> um, oh, yes. It's true. But the... So, yeah, and the the campiness and stuff, I, it, all of that is... Um, it's intentional. That's that's the tone that they were aiming for. It's not a mishit at all. Mm. If you were to put this against, you know, more modern Spider-Man movies, yeah, it's a clear contrast between the characters. But that's well, that, it's still got that style that they introduced in that first Spider-Man film. Mm. It's just, I think they peel it back just a tiny little bit, and yeah. it, it, I don't know. It just looks good. It, 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 it the movie looks. Good. It looks so good. Yeah, even in those moments where you're like, you can tell a little bit. It's like even then, it's still we're talking about a twenty year old movie, and it's still beautiful. Well, only eighteen, but <laughs> it's close enough. Oh, well, <laughs> depends, I guess. <laughs> um, so yeah, here we go. Now I'm a five out of five too. This is this is oh, it's a solid movie. I can't see it ever not really being that way. It's not problematic in any way. And yeah, you're right. Like we said, the, char- the characters. <laughs> It's not problematic. Well, you know how yeah. sometimes things don't age well. This one's not a product of that at all. And the the, the, the sympathetic villain element out of it and things like that. <laughs> there is that one shot where, you know, after Aunt May's been saved and Spider-Man swings away and then there's like the women with the, you know, with the with the, the chesty women. They run up behind her and they're all like, oh, oh God. You know, like there are... Fine, it's a 3.5. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's fine. I didn't even kind of remember that. Just... So... Right. They're fangirls, but, fangirling over the freaking superhero. Yeah, it's a Spider-Man. I'd be the same if I was one of those girls, yeah. even not as a girl. <laughs> so, but so yeah, it's a rare moment of both of us giving five out of five on five out of five VHS tapes. Total of ten. I mean, VHS I feel like we tapes. did it the last episode, but that's okay. Did we? I don't know. Oh, we may have actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we did. I don't actually. know. If you want to find out, go check it out because I can't even remember. Uh, we we did because that was Godfather, right? So, yeah. All right, so I think that's going to do us today. What do you think, buddy? Yeah, I can't talk anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I've got, you got, got nothing else left? i got nothing else. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was our rewind to uh, 2004's Spider-Man 2. Wow. Yeah, I'm out of breath. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Rewind and Review. As always, we'll remind you that any feedback, either positive or negative, or any rewind requests can be sent to us via email at thatfilmsviewpodcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. Um very long episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Now, you can reach out to us on either That Film Stew or Rewind Reviews Facebook pages. Um, you can like and follow these pages while you're there. Subscribe and leave us a review on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts as it does help others like yourself find the podcast. Yep. Cool. If you missed it, uh, Rewind Review went back to 2002 with the original Spider-Man film. Um, sounds like comics have covered the amazing Spider-Man movies and an abundance of um, Spider-Man animated shows. 
that film studio has reviews on everything MCU. Captain America Civil War, Avengers Infinity War, and Endgame, the Spider-Man Home Trilogy, and even Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. If you're wondering what's up next for Rewind and Review, um, well, take, take a listen to this clue. You have the ring. And I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. Now let's see how well you handle it. I think that's what we're doing. <laughs> what oh, we're... Sounds good. I haven't seen it. Really? I haven't seen it. Really? 100%. There we go. Mm. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Rewind and Review, and we will see you on our next trip. Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library. Booyah! Booyah! It's a time indeed. Red!